Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. Greetings and welcome to Under Consultation, an episode-by-episode podcast-type situation through the UK's greatest video game challenge TV show format, Games Master. I am one of your hosts, Luke Owen, and in the end, it didn't even matter. Put my trust in you, Luke. <laughs> you, I can't remember the next bit of the lyrics. You pushed me as far as I would go. <laughs> I was just got kind of sad when that intro was playing because I'm like, oh man, he's not around anymore. I just chose that song because I was really struggling with songs that had the end in the title. <laughs> we had the Beatles, which is too short. Yeah. Or we had the Doors, which, you know, Kevin Nash gets stoned listening to and lasts about 12 minutes. It's too long. It's too long. So Linkin Park it was. But here we are, the end of one life of this podcast until they reboot it again, possibly, probably. Yep. Someone's updated Wikipedia to say 2024 for the next season. And I'm like, oh, you're freaking optimistic. I was going to say, you're optimistic there, guys. But yeah, this is it's episode 199 of Under Consultation. What is the end of our run, really? Well, obviously, there's one more episode to come. We are ending on episode 200. But as it currently stands, with no announced reboots in sight, this is it. We have come to the end of the road. And we are at the end of our Games Master journey. Yeah, and actually I feel that is important to say. We are at the end of our Games Master journey mm. because I think via a couple of social media interactions and posts, I have had a few worried messages from people going, yeah. you you guys are still going to do stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the end of this journey. But yeah, Games Master Series 8 or the reboot, depending on what you want to call it, I suppose. I still think of it as Season 8. Where do you stand on that? Uh, depends if Dominic Diamond is listening or not. <laughs> uh, I think of it as Series 8 purely from the fact of, for numbering reasons, that's what we've called it. And if there is another season, even if it's a complete reboot and Rab and Frankie and Ty are gone and Sir Trev is replaced by, 
I don't know, Carol fucking Vorderman or something. That'd be another Channel 4 name. That'd be another one that's a bit of good choice as well. Wouldn't be bad, actually. Actually, I quite like Carol as the as the games master. That's quite a bit of fun. Yeah. Oh, that worked. That or uh, Antoine de Caen. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, my little gaming bon, chums. Bonsoir, my <laughs> gaming chums. No, that's Terry. That's Terry that's again. Terry. Uh, but no, so... I think of it as Series A. I'll think of the next series as Series 9. And that's only because, logically, that's how my brain has to see it. Reboot does not fit into a spreadsheet. But also, like, yeah, when I look at, you know, I, I, a lot of this based on the Acast back end, which is the, the platform that hosts our podcast, you, certain thing, you sort things by season. They've kind of, like, ditched away with some of that because of Apple Podcasts has ditched away with some of that. But I, I've always categorized this under Series 8. In fact, if you look at these episodes on the, the three we've just done, they are categorized as season eight, episodes four through six, because we did episodes, season eight, episodes one through three when we first covered them. So these are now episodes four through six in like the chronological timeline of things. Oh man, this actually made it quite confusing, hasn't it, <laughs> doing this again? But I would say that if we do get another, another run of this, I would call it season nine, as opposed to the reboot reboot. And how we would fit it into our next iteration? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, because the, the idea is that this podcast feed is going to end at 200 episodes and it is just going to sit there. And, and this is basically the idea is that if people are discovering this podcast after the fact that it's finished, they just have a complete snapshot of Games Master reviews. They've got, you know, whatever it is, like from start of season one through to the end of season eight, even the revisit stuff. And whatever it is that we do afterwards, should there be anything we do afterwards, is not just clogging up the fees. Yeah. Because there have been times where I've discovered retrospective podcasts that have ended two years previous, and it's just clogged up with the stuff that they've done afterwards. And I'm like, no, no, where's the friends re like, where's the friends thing I'm after? Maybe have a little like kind of like little little yeah. note at the end going, hey, we're over we're here now. We've moved. Yeah, yeah. Come and find our new stuff over but here. Also there'll be some crossover and there's all sorts of logistics involved that we don't need to get into here because we are here to talk about series eight. Yeah. But the point I was going to make was that like, should there be a series nine, we would just put some new episodes up here and then there'd be 203 episodes as opposed to the nice tight 200 that we've got. Yeah. It'll, it'll wreck it. It'll wreck it, Ralph, a little bit. But we are here to wrap up Series 8, which we didn't get to do when it first happened. We did not do a wrap-up episode for Series 8 because we wanted to wait until we'd done the the revisit, give it a little bit of hindsight and kind of get our feelings, our ducks in a row. Because, I, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the three episodes that we've just done of feeling slightly different on the series that we did then because then it was new and it was fresh and we were kind of not involved in it because we were not involved in production but we were speaking with people from production and stuff so we kind of felt you know we're in the like don't our own trouble we're in the credits for series one so we kind of felt like a little bit of kinship to the series i think what we wanted to do was wait until we'd done the revisit of it to give our full thoughts on the show because we can give a much clearer thought process on a wrap-up episode yeah i i think also we spoke to a lot of the people involved as you mentioned and it wasn't even a case of oh we better say good things about it because they're talking to us but i really did get caught up in their enthusiasm because i don't think we spoke to a single person involved in that production be it on mic or off who wasn't psyched to be doing this and giving it 100 percent given it socks rab Kian, Emily, Emily, um, uh, Jonesy, Jonesy, yeah, Jonesy, Jonesy uh, was just for it. The various people we met just being there on the day of filming, 
everyone was into it. Apart ben, from a couple yeah, of people. Yeah, Ben was great as well, oh, yeah. yeah. There were a couple of older hands there who were like, I don't get video games. But, you know, even they, they were doing a professional job. They're just there to do their job. Yeah. yeah. Like the people that we, we talked about with uh, Darrow Brian's Go 8 Bits. Yeah. It's like, I hate celebrities and I hate gaming. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, but I'm here and I've, I've, I've been hired to do this show, so I'm doing this show. Yeah. So the first time around, I think there wasn't bias, but it was a case of I was caught in the moment. Yeah, I think so. I would agree with that. And I think I was worried coming up to this and actually it kind of almost uh, stopped me starting my notes too soon that I'm like, what if when I try and watch it with a more critical eye, I really don't like it. Yeah, it's the end of Fanboys. Uh, mm. if you like, where the, it's a movie about a group of kids who one of the uh, one of them is dying so they break into skywalker ranch to watch episode one before it's released because he's going to die before it's released and the punchline at the end of the movie is that they all look at each other and be like guys what if this sucks and that's the punchline because it's not a good movie um yeah like it, but you, not the worst of the but people. not the worst of the prequels as it would turn out you know what if i turn on episode one of series eight and i watch it and i'm like oh no this is bad I don't like this at all. Thankfully, I didn't have that mindset when re-watching it. There's nothing you can probably tell if you've listened to the last three episodes. I think that having done every other episode before it now, it does give a degree of perspective because we already know a lot more about what does and doesn't make Games Master work and how they spent so much time oh, yeah. finding out. Our series one was kind of pedestrian, but working out how to make the show happen. Series two was cool, business as usual. Series three, Dex did nothing wrong, but it was a hot mess because- We're figuring out what this show is post-Dom. And then series four was Dom trying to work out what the series was going to be, being very grumpy and also trying to kind of, I guess, redress the balance from series three. Not wanting it to be series two or really series three and being its own thing, but it's still being series two and three. Like it is a series, you know, we discussed this at the time, that is series two and three, but it's desperately trying not to be series two and three. I think maybe series two and series six, maybe five, are the only kind of two consistent seasons of games master because even series seven went off on one because of course it was the series that was never meant to be exactly and like they were making that on the fly you know with with a much uh, smaller process that they had previously so yeah i would i think you're right two two five and six are the most consistently we know what this show is and i think two and six are like the, the peaks of both of their eras i'd say series five maybe is kind of slightly disqualified because there is a little bit of still working out what works baby roll i love it you hate it but yeah it's very much an experiment in what we can get away with i think yeah series five has a little bit of the the, the middle finger to the audience that didn't like or, or thought that they don't like the, the changes that are being made mm. but it's but series six they sort of grow out of that a little bit series five is quite immature in a way but series six is like the more mature version of what they wanted of series five even though it is still quite immature yeah i was gonna say because there was nothing immature or controversial about series six <laughs> in the slightest not in the slightest but i think series eight and i you know when i was looking at the the, the feedback that we've had from our listeners feels like series one it's a show that's finding its feet. It's a show that's trying to work out what this is. It's a fledgling bird that's trying to work out how to fly. But if, and if they'd have got another six episodes, a series nine, it would have been the series two of this new era of Games Master, where they were like, 
got it. We figured it out. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. And we now know what we need to do. And quick show of hands for those of you that are joining us, tuning in in the chat. If you think Series 1 of Games Master had only had three episodes, do you think it would have survived beyond those three episodes? Yeah. It's a good point because like even by episode 10 that show still does not because obviously you know the batch filmed it and everything but that still that show still does not know what its identity is and it's amazing watching the difference between episode 10 of series one and episode one of series two considering they're only six months apart how different of a show it feels you go into that first episode of series two and it's like bang this is what games master is we now understand what this show is but yeah, series one, and Dom will say this, he does not recognize that host. He does not recognize that 19-year-old kid because it's not him. And it's not Games Master and it's not the show. Even Games Master doesn't feel like Games Master but as a character. The series two, they completely get it. And I think that's the same with series eight. I'm not saying that series eight is bad in any way, but it's, you know, you and I have just covered on the last three episodes. There are some segments that work and there are some that don't. And I think if you were given another run at it, with the same production team, you'd be like, cool, less of that stuff that didn't work and more of the stuff that did work. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I just had this thought. We recorded series one of our podcast without any feedback other than a few specific individuals. And we actually shifted quite a bit mm -hmm. by the time we got to series two because we had 10 weeks. I mean, maybe we added stuff and we just got more comfortable. But yeah, that that difficult first season it is yeah i mean i don't think oh you go back and listen to episode one of series one of, of this podcast and then compare it to what we have now it's a night and day difference because you do grow as a team and you and i have grown as a partnership and, and things like that and you do grow and, and you you learn from mistakes that you've made there are st there's stuff in episode one the pilot version of episode the one oh, that we did that does not end up in the actual released version of episode one because we, we talked about john major because we tried things <laughs> out and it didn't work turns out we're not the day-to-day -day no. or the daily show have i Absolutely got used to you not and i, I when I, i'm not as good at this as, as talking simpsons as i thought i might be able to kind of like weave this into it so we're like no that's not our style that's not what we need to do what we need to do is actually focus on these areas instead N64 Life has just said, one day you'll release the pilot that never aired. I've still got my first cut. I've got my cut of it as well, because I'd sent it across to Seb Patrick. Because uh, I did from... my cut, and then you did your cut. Yeah, there's a, there's a cut of it. My wife has a version of it, and, and Seb, uh, uh, rest him, as he had a version of it as well, because he provided some, some much-needed feedback to mm. it as well. Um, so there's probably an email chain that I've got with Seb that he's got the, with an, e, an MP3 on there. And my wife's definitely got one. And I've got my still in the Dropbox. Yeah, you're so still in who, the Dropbox. Who knows? Patreons. Like, we've got a void. Yeah. Maybe I'll drop it out there. But in a case Maybe. of, it will only ever go on the Patreon feed. Oh, yeah. I don't think it would release out to the wider public. Yeah. You don't need to hear it. It's not very good for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, if you're mixing on it, it's very bad. Dave... Hey, it wasn't that bad. No, I mean, because I then started putting my music tracks into it and everything. Oh, and I, right. I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. EQ yeah mine, is, mine is like the Let It You're... Be Naked version, which is where <laughs> you, I remove, you know, mine is the version without Phil Spector. Yeah. The Spectre and... of Phil Spector. And then you went in and go, no, oh, what a sound. And I'm like, Mario 3, put the soundtrack in there. <laughs> Yeah, keep, keep an ear out on the feed. Who knows? Maybe it'll make it out there. Well, yeah, so we, uh, we're going to open things up uh, as we often do with the, uh, the, the feedback episodes with just our general thoughts on Series 8, which is hard to do. And I think our feedback kind of reflects this a little bit as well because 
usually when we've done the you know the past seven series of this we start asking for feedback five six episodes before the series has ended you know start getting your feedback in now because we're going to start collating this together that like pretty much at the end of episode one we have to be like get your feedback in now because we're going to be recording it in two weeks time we should have been asking for feedback at the end of series seven for series eight yeah or at the end of uh, charlie brooker's games wife yeah been asking like start getting your feedback in for series eight because it's hard to judge this show on just three episodes really it's it doesn't feel like series eight of games master almost an experiment of what a new games master could be. I mean, it was. It yeah. was very much an experiment. Um, one thing I've noticed if we look at some of the feedback it got from the wider audience is there was a lot of polarizing opinions at the time. And people who hated it when this first showed are still gonna hate it now. I don't think many people who watched series eight and went, this is awful, bring back Dominic, resurrect Patrick Moore, uh, bring back Dave Perry, let's get some bouncing bums on there. Not the game, another kind of bouncing bums. And uh, they're, they're always going to hate it. But I've noticed looking at some of the people, if you sort the comments on YouTube by most recent, there's people going, I never knew this came back. Why did they only do three of these? So actually, by not being caught up in the outrage at something having changed, people are discovering this and liking it more. Yeah, it, this feels like it's in pilot season. Yeah, of just we're going to try this out, see what happens, and then hopefully we can find another sponsor to do ten episodes. Yeah, in this kind of the same week, Taskmaster. That first series of Taskmaster is only five episodes long. The second series is only five episodes long as well, and then it grows to six, and it grows to eight, and then becomes the standard ten. Hmm. But it's only by like series five that it becomes a ten episode thing, because it was a show that was just like you are only budgeted to make these amount of episodes. And we're trialing this out and we're going to see how this works and we'll grow and grow and grow. And that's what episode, uh, series eight rather, ends up being is just, we're going to try this out, see what works, see what doesn't, and we'll see if we can get another sponsor and have another crack at it. And we know that they are looking for another sponsor because they had the, the four sales post went out looking for another sponsor for this, but it doesn't feel like it's been picked up for one. And here we are, you know, two years later and there's been no movement. No a new series. And the last thing I heard from someone that talked to someone that talked to someone is they're ready to go. Yeah. Well, so from people that I've spoken with who were also working, so this is no one that we've ever interviewed. Oh, but the shame with me. Like, yeah, like, yeah. This is no one we've ever interviewed in the shows. So if anyone's trying to like, you know, red string together some some bits and pieces who was working on a, it was Trevor McDonald, <laughs> who was working on a different Channel 4 show at the time. This was not a priority for channel four it was it just it just wasn't like it, it, it was not a big deal for them but it was also enough of a priority that it pushed down certain other things hmm. so it was, it was like a mid-tier thing there were people who were developing projects but like well we can't do you because we're focusing on games master but then when they would ask them about games master they were like well we don't really know so it was like a mid-tier thing for them but also, like, it, they both cared about it and didn't. And I think that's kind of reflected in the way that the show was promoted, in a way. Oh, that comes up later. I'm just going to, I'm probably going to go take a cigarette break. I don't smoke, but I'm going to take a cigarette break while you talk about how they handled the launch side of things. Because, yeah, you have opinions. I've, I've, I've got my opinions, uh, which is that, like, yeah, the based on what I've been told, the way that they promoted it, I'm like, that adds up because it was both promoted and not. 
yeah it's like i was watching the great british bake-off and i saw an advert for it i on my samsung tv like if you go to the all four icon and they just like here are our recommended shows games master was there as part of like the recommended shows that we think you should watch if i went to the all four homepage I saw the Games Master was there for me to watch. And that's not based on algorithm or anything because I've not watched any gaming shows on Channel 4 previously. It was just, these are the shows we have chosen for you to, to go and watch. And yet at the same time, it wasn't promoted at all. It was both heavily and not promoted in the exact same breath. It was not promoted to the audience that would probably want to that's, watch it. That's what I mean. Like, like it was, it was a mad series. Like I know to quote the late great Egon Spengler, "Print is dead," but also there are still a lot of gaming magazines out there. Channel Four could have taken out a half page for not a lot of money in Retro Gamer, in Edge, in PC Gamer, yeah. in any of those. We things. spoke when we spoke with Frankie. She talked about you know they did like three interviews for the like for the show, three. like three interviews. One of those was us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they did like Nintendo Life and a couple of others, but that was it. And like Nintendo Life covered it, and obviously we covered it, and IGN covered it, and VGC covered it, but like that was more or less about it. Where was Den of Geek? Den of Geek? Den of Geek? Been... Absolutely, they should have been like, but you know, I think um, the Metro might have had something online, but not in the newspaper yeah. and stuff. But yeah, you're right. Like, and that's what I mean is it was a show that was both heavily promoted by Channel 4 and not promoted in the least by Channel 4. Yeah. And like, you know, the, the digital first thing, we talked about this on last episode of, it's a good experiment. I'm hoping that they've learned some lessons from it in terms of certainly scheduling premieres. Um, and just maybe getting someone that knows how it works. Yeah. And, and I would say don't do premieres at all. Premieres are not really built for, I mean, we, I've, we've had... Um, uh youtube content creators approaching us as, as a you know i work for a company that makes youtube content being like can you give me advice on on this here is what i'm doing and they did a lot of premieres and the first thing we would tell them was like knack off the premieres like sack them off 100 don't do premieres because premieres messes with the algorithm afterwards youtube does not favor videos that have been premiered because they see it as like a one-time thing and really premieres are just reserved for movie studios to release trailers to that are going to get 52 million views regardless of what the actual trailer is it's not designed for smaller youtube content creators it certainly isn't designed for e4 showing a, a game show it really you just want to schedule these out put it out the put it out at whatever time you want to put it out at, and then just let the comments roll in and let the views roll in premiering it was not the way forward but yeah, you got to hope that they would learn some lessons from digital first. And I, and I mentioned on last week's episode as well. I, I, I think there is, there is not a market, particularly where the algorithm works now uh, on YouTube for 40 minutes magazine shows. We like them because we're of a certain vintage. Yeah, we're old. Yeah. Yeah. And we, this is the sort of show that we do like, but it's not what YouTube is designed for. YouTube are pushing a certain type of video. As, a, as content creators, and this has been about the curtain somewhat, we are struggling with news because they are not favoring news or short cycle videos anymore. They're, they're pushing other types of content videos within the algorithm. So we, we're not pivoting away from the content that we make, but we have to find a way to not rely on that content yeah. that we make. I'm trying to think of actually what long form stuff I watch on YouTube. Like, um, 
because obviously I watch a lot of your output. But even those, a lot of those, the longer the longest they go is like maybe 30 minutes. And I'm thinking of the Monday Night War and stuff yeah. like that. But outside of that, I suppose Dungeons and Dragons Let's Plays, specifically Ox Venture, they're long, but they're selling to an audience that already exists. You're not, you know, that that's a side project of an existing audience. And D&D players are looking for D&D Let's Plays. They want four-hour videos. And Techmoan, but even Techmoan, it's an, it, you know, people aren't finding Techmoan via algorithms for the most part. Or if they do, it's going to be one of his short videos and it sends you down the rabbit hole. That's how I found him in the first place. So, yeah, the problem is, is even if they brought it back and they split it all up, I still want a way to watch it in one, which I guess is where playlists come in. That's it. And uh, that's also coming at it from what we want from Games Master, which is that we want, I mean, that, and to, to put it as bluntly as possible, and it will sound a silly way to say this, we want Games Master. We want challenges, three challenges and or two challenges with features and reviews and news features and things like that. What we want is a TV show. And that's a great thing. And we can have a TV show, but that then does not translate to a YouTube show. And that's where Series 8 struggles. It is both trying to be a YouTube show and trying to be a TV show. And what it ends up being is not digital first, it's TV first that has just been put first on YouTube. Maybe it's a case of, I know you said don't do premieres, but where does live count in that? Maybe you do the complete episode as a live broadcast, and then after that, boom, the individual components drop. As a live broadcast, I think it's a very different thing. Like the, the YouTube algorithm kind of loves a live show, uh, but also you've got to think is like, with the YouTube algorithm, and perhaps I'm, I'm going slightly into the weeds here with this, it's a channel-wide thing when it comes to the videos that they're going to recommend you. So the way that YouTube has always been described to me is that previously YouTube was TV stations. If you tuned into, uh, let's use Channel 4 as the example. If you tuned into Channel 4, you would get at 6 o'clock The Simpsons, half 6 is Friends, 7 o'clock it's The News, and at half 7 it's, it's whatever, and you, the shows go on. That's what YouTube was originally designed to be. That's why it's called YouTube. The original YouTube icon was a TV yeah. on, on Apple devices. Before everyone started watching it on the toilet. Yeah. Phones. But now YouTube is Netflix. If I watch an episode of the US office on Netflix, Netflix gives me the next episode of the US office. It doesn't give me Parks and Rec. It doesn't give me US Gladiators, or it doesn't give me like some other thing that's yeah, Squid yeah, yeah, Games yeah. or something else. So what YouTube wants is a channel to have just the same content on it. Um, Grand Pooh Bear has talked about this a lot, that he, for a while, his channel became the Mario Maker 2 channel. Mm. And that's what YouTube sort of branded him as. But when he then started playing, um, he started playing Fall Guys because he liked playing Fall Guys. All of a sudden, his YouTube views just dropped off because the YouTube algorithm was like, well, that's not what you make. Yeah, You don't make Fall Guys content. You make Mario Maker 2 content. And so the second you start making Mario Maker 2 content, the views shoot right back up because that's what the YouTube algorithm are after. E4, as a YouTube channel, it's just a nebulous mess of things. Yeah. So if you're a Games Master just being thrown into clips from Hollyoaks or clips from Made in Chelsea or clips from whatever shows that they've got, as Rab, you know, said, people hanging out in cafes and shagging each other, the YouTube algorithm doesn't know how to serve that to people because it's like, well, I don't know what this is because the other stuff you've been serving is nothing like this. Yeah. A bit bollocks, really, isn't it? Well, it is, but that's, yeah. but that's the problem with trying to do a digital first show. Like, if this was just a TV show first show, 
it might not have hit some of these issues that it has. But they were also looking at, but then that ties back into the conversations you and I were having about um, Godaro Brings Go 8-Bit and Video Game Nation and those sort of like mid-2010 shows mm. where, well, what does a TV show about video games look like in the mid-2010s when everyone is getting their video game content from elsewhere? In the 90s, it made sense. You only got it from TV. Yeah. By the mid-2000s, you're getting it from a multitude of places, most predominantly Twitch. So what, and that is just someone sitting in their bedroom or in their studio playing a video game and it's one video game. How do you make a TV show out of that? Mm. And you kind of can't. So you sort of look to, I think the, I think, still think the best iteration we had of this was Top Gear Gaming, which yeah. was just 10 minute bite-sized chunk videos of, we've picked this one topic. A Video Game Nation actually I think was really good. I was well. about to say, I was going to give an honorable nod to Video Game Nation yeah. uh, once you finish saying Top Gear Gaming, because they also, I think, really hit how to do a magazine format show and make something that is kind of semi-evergreen. That's like it. The it, Alien Isolation is. episode mm -hmm. we did, even though it was talking about a current game, it still works today. That's it. And I think that they, they kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of a TV aspect of it, because it's not you know, the problem you've always got is that you can never do new games mm. or like games of the moment because of the way that TV production formats work and TV production schedules work and, you know, airing dates and things like that. You'll always end up being out of date and you'll never be up, as up to date as someone who can just download the game in the morning and an hour later be playing it on Twitch. Genuinely, you'll never, you'll never be that quick. Earlier today, I was going, do I go and get Mortal Kombat 1 on pre-order? it means i could stream it tomorrow night there you go and i'll be honest i'd mainly be doing that because i do want to play mortal kombat one but also it would be a viewer boost and i decided against it because i've got wasd on friday i've got other stuff planned for the weekend so i'm like now i would literally be buying it to play it for a couple of hours and paying for the privilege yeah so I'll, I'll wait a bit yeah but like i mean you've mentioned before with twitch like when you start doing 2k23 stuff like you're the the viewership for the under console nation and under console pod Twitch kind of went up because it was the brand new game. And Fight Forever Fight was for, the big one. Fight Forever was the, yeah. the other one. And Street Fighter Six. Yeah. Got them on day of release or because I pre-ordered them a day earlier. Boom. T instant hits. TV can never catch up with that because TV has a way of doing things. Unfortunately, that, that way of doing things takes time because it's not just the production and the editing and things like that. There's lawyers and there's like clearing things and there's a whole process that you've got to go through. My wife works within the TV industry and it, she talks about the work that I do as the wild west. Yeah. Because we'll just put things in videos, you know, like, so we have a, a video series if, if anyone doesn't watch the content that we do called survival series, which is like, it's, it's us and we get asked to fill out a certain, you know, we'll be given a certain topic and we have to name everything within that certain topic in a certain order. But the way that that show is edited is that we throw in joke clips from other TV shows that sort of like memes that sort of back up points that we're making to or emphasize a joke that we're making. To do that on a TV show would be a fucking nightmare. Oh, God, yeah. Because you'd have to clear everything. On YouTube, it doesn't fucking matter. And As to be honest, if you got hit with one of the clips, all you do is open up the Premiere file, remove that joke, re-upload. Exactly, re-upload it and just try it again. Or as you've probably noticed, there's just lots of filters over that video footage because that's a way to move around the, the, the YouTube algorithm bots. <laughs> yes, I very much appreciate The Simpsons through the view of a 1920s 
we, magic eye camera. Oh, we've got our ways. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's hard with wrestling clips. We started actually, we avoided using video clips because they always got caught up, but GIFs didn't. So we just started using GIFs instead. Yeah. Because GIFs didn't get picked up in by the, 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 the bots that, that track things. But then they got a bit smart to that and started picking up GIFs and stuff. So we had to just completely now abandon all of that sort of stuff. But it, uh, and, you know, to kind of tie it back into Series 8 and the, the problem that it's always going to have is that it's TV's a very different place than it was in the 90s in terms of how video games are presented. And I don't think anyone has quite found what a video game show should look like or can look like in a 21st century format. Particularly as we move into the 2020s. Trying to think if I raise this point now or later. I'll raise it now. I think I kind of alluded to it on previous episodes. If I was future and I was going to bring Games Master back again, apologies to everyone who worked with this company with them, I would ditch Channel 4. I would go, no, we're a YouTube channel. Look at, uh, not quite Digital Foundry, because they're. I like Digital Foundry, but they're quite dry. Look at outside Xbox. Look at how those teams put things together. Look at you and how you put things together and use that as a template. Just go, right, we are producing Games Master a digital, a digital first. Here digital is the, only. Yeah. Here is the uh, Games Master YouTube channel. And that is what I we have done. a crew, we have a team, and they put stuff together and they produce it much like you guys produce stuff. And that's the way to get it. You Absolutely. can still have challenges every week. I think we brought this up during uh, episode three. Every week you have a challenge go out or you have an educating grado or you have a Rab's review or something, you know, and you build up what essentially is a complete show over a week's worth of content. I guarantee you it would have been cheaper than making it for TV like they did um, in a certain sense of things anyway, because there are certain cutbacks you could have made. I mean, I'm just looking at sort of the setups that we have, we have here. I think back to 20. 2019, I was talking with various people within the video game journalism world about like, we should do a live show that's basically Games Master. It's before you and I had started doing this podcast. And it, but they were like, I had that in the back of my head yeah. about how much I loved and, and had fond memories of Games Master as a product. And then how some of those conversations sort of fell apart. We'd end up doing not doing those live shows. And then, but I, we were talking about like doing that as a YouTube channel and stuff. But I still had that. And then I was like, Man, do you know what? Someone should do a podcast about Games Master. I actually would love to do a podcast about Games Master. I put out that tweet. Boom. That's how we ended up here. 200 episodes later. 200 episodes later. But I, my thought on it was always, as a YouTube show, never taking it to TV. And also not being called Games Master because I don't own the rights to that. Yeah. But taking the idea and the format. Maybe Gaster. Yeah. <laughs> but taking the idea and the format and the spirit, or at least... And this is kind of, you know, one of the other funny things to talk about the feedback to Series 8. The spirit, I thought the Games Master was in my nostalgic mind of yeah. it, as opposed to having now watched all 150-odd episodes of it for a podcast. I completely 100% agree with you. It should have just been a YouTube channel, not an E4 channel, just a Games Master YouTube channel. Because you could have done it with the same host, the same team, and... It had taken a while, but you would have gained some traction because of the name brand value that you have with that. And you'd have brought viewers to it. And over time, you could have grown that and you could have cultivated it and just been an ongoing 
YouTube channel of content creators. Because there's a comment on episode three that really stuck out to me. And I, and I mentioned this on our, our series three episode. YouTube viewers looked at this show not like a TV show. Because there was one comment that was just like, there are YouTube content creators that with a fraction of the budget are making videos every single week. Mm. But you're a multi-million pound multinational corporation and you've just made three episodes and you're done. Yeah, because they don't see it like that. They're not looking at it from a TV lens where they're like, well, sponsorship has already said that we're doing three episodes. We've only been commissioned for three episodes, pushing the glass at the night. Like, and EA won't let us play this version of FIFA. Exactly. Like, well, no, you're a YouTube channel. So why aren't you just making more content? Because that's what YouTube content creators do. They just make content. Yeah. Like I've gone on eBay and I've just bought this obscure game for the 3DO and a 3DO we're going to do an episode. Like we're going to do a challenge. Absolutely. That's it. And you're not then looking for clearance on no. things. You're not having to go through all of the legal loopholes of things. You can literally do all of the challenges that you would want to do. Like, fuck it, give it to me. Like, get, like honestly, give us. Thank the, you. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm fucking out of here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant by that was like, if you give us a weekend, as, as I, you know, give us, like, I can pass it on to the, the business that I work with and stuff. But honestly, give it to us. Yeah. Like, we buy our future and just buy the rights and we could make this work. Yeah. And, even if not, if someone turned around to me tomorrow and said, right, here is your annual salary. I'm going to give this to you, plus a bit on top to actually start up your own business. Go off and do this. It's the sort of channel I would want to start. Absolutely. There are a lot of people of our age and younger that would like regular retro gaming content that is of the variety kind that outside Xbox is producing, that others are producing, that is kind of fun and silly and irreverent, but isn't tied to a particular brand who could go, yeah, sure. Let's do a series of time trial challenges on Denture to go. Let's do weird stuff. Let's bring in some personalities. Yeah. I mean, God knows, if I started this channel up myself, I probably wouldn't even put myself on screen. I would focus on making sure all the other shit was working and I'd look for creators You're that the already have the audience. Because you've got the excellent tech knowledge yeah. that could make the show work and then just be like, cool you go and be the host of this. Yeah. Because actually, I mean, as we've seen from UCB Live too, trying to be the host and the tech guy is, is, oh, God, is, is yeah. an absolute nightmare. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd want to find an on-screen role eventually because God knows I have an ego. Well, you'd be co color commentator. Oh, I suck at that. <laughs> but, but no, that is how I'd bring it back. I would ditch Channel 4 or Channel 4 get periodic special compilations of if, challenges and if stuff there's like that. something tied into the contract that you've signed yeah it means that channel 4 will be involved in some way because that's the other thing we don't know is that maybe it had to be a channel 4 mm. thing i can't imagine it did though i i think that an error was made of trying to make it a tv show again yeah but at the same time it's because you were trying to serve two masters you're both trying to be a youtube show and a tv show yeah but i probably would have just gone in the digital direction yeah i mean they 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 canned the magazine. Yeah. And they were only that far from being in an era where they could have gone, well, we could just go digital. Yeah. we Because Games Master Magazine had a digital video content. Oh, God, look, <laughs> this is so fucking frustrating. Because never mind whether you got to do it or I got to do it or whatever. There is a good version of this in there somewhere. I am very excited, not to peel back the curtain too much, but I'm very excited for our next live show. Because camera-wise... I don't know what's going on with your day job and your equipment, but I know I have a crew that I've worked with on wrestling shows that even if I just bring the main owner along, he will set up two or three hard cams that are really high quality and he'll be on a roaming camera. So I know we will get a four camera shootout of that. When we did UCP Live 2.0, 
there was that moment of just like, oh, f- we've got it. Yeah. Like we we've we we have got a live show format that we could do. Yeah. It's it's just refining a little. Yeah. And it, to be honest, a bit I, like series eight in a way. Yeah. Like we've got a format, we just need to refine it. Yeah. I've even got an idea of like little bits we could do as interstitials to give us a bit of a break to reset things on the stage. Because my brain looked at what we did with UCP Live Two and just went, oh cool. So we can actually do this, this, and this. We also do slightly well, maybe one less challenge. Maybe mm. one less challenge, but yeah. then again, we were kind of fitting a specific. We had, we had a remit that we wanted. We to made a vote for our own back. Oh yeah, yeah. but uh, but anyway, so should we should we move on? We have we've we got have... long. We've gone like almost fifty minutes of our general thoughts, which is usually about ten minutes of this. Uh, this but episode. also, we've been kind of like writing what should come next, whether it does or not, <laughs> is another matter. Oh, one thing I could say: if we rebooted Games Master and did our own thing, we would definitely be bringing back Frankie. If we could oh afford yeah, it. absolutely! Like, like, literally, would one hundred percent bring Frankie back on board? I would say Rab, but I don't know if we could afford Rab. We would never be able to afford Rab. We would never be able to afford Rab. So anyway, it's time to move into our awards uh, for the Games Master Series Eight uh, reboot, and we're going to kick things off with our favorite challenge. I mean, I feel like because you've already awarded this out before, twice at least. <laughs> for me, it's FIFA Twenty Two. Yes, it's FIFA 22, the biggest football franchise of all time. In this epic FIFA challenge, the challenger is a professional FIFA player. So I'll not be going easy on him. Playing as Manchester City against AC Milan, controlled by the hardest AI difficulty, they'll have to make an epic comeback as they'll be kicking off at halftime, 3-0 down, and with one player having been sent off. No easy task. And it's weird because in one of our bits of feedback, I think it was Nathan in the Discord, like, just said it was terrible. And I was like, well, you were entitled to your opinion. I'm not even going to say you're wrong, but you were just entitled to your opinion. But even if you hate football and football games, that was a great challenge from a tension point of view. I, I just, it was genuinely exciting. I think the only thing they could have done is tightened up the presentation a bit. I think our view of that challenge is slightly uh, marred by that we were there. You and I have seen the unedited version of that. Yeah. And that, I feel, has got all of the tension and the drama in it. And I don't know if that drama and tension translates into the TV edits of it, which cuts out so much of what happens in the challenge. Yeah. It's and I and I kind of agree with Nathan in in a certain aspect of that it's it's an impossible challenge. He was like Shells was never going to win. I agree with you though. Like it's my favorite challenge, but I wonder if uh, it's it's my favorite challenge because you and I were there for it. We saw we saw its purest prime form. I did think that the first time I nominated it, which was for UCP Live 2, but having rewatched it. I'm like, no, it's, this is still it great. Still is your favorite this is challenge. still this is still 100 percent my favorite challenge with a close second, but we'll get to that in a bit. So is it your favorite? I was torn between two, and I think our close second is probably like our joint second. I think really in, in some ways it's our joint first, but I think mine is again one that we were there for live. And I think is as good as it was live as it is on TV, and it's the Mortal Kombat 11 challenge. This is it, the most bloodthirsty game franchise out there, Mortal Kombat. Challengers will be brutally facing off in the best of three fight on Mortal Kombat 11. But there is art to the violence. They need to be patient, use defense wisely, and use their aggression tactically. 
if they are to come out victorious. These high-level challengers will display the most damaging combos, the hardest-hitting, crushing blows, and the most punishing fatalities, making a true spectacle of video game violence. And I love that challenge, but it's not just because I think ketchup and mustard are so great. They've they they've always felt like these sort of mythical beings to me, ketchup and mustard, because I remember mm. meeting them not meeting them, but sort of hearing about them for the first time at the Injustice 2 media event that I got invited to. Uh, in the tournament that I, I ended up taking part in and got quite far in. I, I, I'd like to brag. Uh, I got quite far in. Um, I did not make it to the finals. But like, they were these sort of like mythical creatures I'd heard about. And then you know, got to see them and sort of like followed them on from then. And then sort of seeing them there in person, it's like, these dudes just have it. Like, whatever it is, they have. And they, they, they were so great on screen. And I think it's the best one on one fighting that we get in the whole series. Absolutely. And it's it's beautiful playing and it's beautiful. But the thing I love the most about it, and this I think this tells you a lot about me as a person, whichever one of them won, the loser would have been thrilled. Yeah. Like they both wanted to win and they are both competitive players. But if Ketchup had won, Mustard would have been thrilled. Absolutely. In the same way that Ketchup is thrilled that Mustard got to win. I am a I'm not a competitive person. I like to play video games. I like to play board games and stuff. I was actually filming a board game playthrough today and I made a choice and someone said like, that's a bold move. Because basically the move that I made meant that I was never going to win. Mm-hmm. And I, I said like, I'm not playing to win. And someone, and then literally under their breath was like, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I totally get it. And they're not wrong, but I don't, often play board games to win i don't often play video games to win i play just to have fun and they are just playing to have fun and whoever wins wins whoever loses loses and it's just fucking great no matter what and i love it for that and the fact they end with friendship as well is amazing yeah and also because they're both experienced they know how to set up the friendship so people aren't too disappointed and actually get the gag i think our kind of honorable mention is the same and I feel bad it's not our favorite challenge. I know. But the only reason it's not, and it's because the person who did this challenge will be listening, is because you made it look too fucking easy. Yeah, honestly, Chris, Cuphead. Cup, I, Chris, if you were going to do this challenge, at least make it look like there might have been. A, and here's the thing is like, you listen to the interview that you did with him yeah. two years ago. It's because he's bricking it that he might not win, that he is just so focused on making sure that he wins. I. which is absolutely 100% the right thing to do because you don't want to lose your actual golden joystick. No, but what I really did want to smash it. And they were going to smash it. They were like, he he says in that interview, because I was listening back to it because I put it into the the reboot episode that we did, the revisit episode that we did. He's like, they were constantly asking me, have you got the joystick? Have you got it? Have you brought it with you? Have you got it with you? Because they wanted to smash the f*** out of that. They were like, we've got this guy. We've got this guy and we want to smash this thing. I'm amazed they didn't get him to do the FIFA challenge. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him a different impossible, what they thought was a seemingly yeah. impossible challenge. But because he's so focused on winning, he just makes it look easy. And just like, there's no notes on that. It is a 10 out of 10 challenge. No notes. Because he just does it. And he nails it, and it's perfect. Mm. But where's the drama, Chris? Where's yeah. the where's the tension, Chris? The drama is in is in Rab Sledgehammer. That's yeah. it. But it's like that's the only reason it's not my favorite challenge. 
because yeah you're you're right like he just does it it's my it's my favorite because it's chris and it's my favorite because it's an original contestant coming back for another uh shot at it, and the story is brilliant but actually as a challenge itself it is just you know a handful of words of notes chris does it yeah it's not our favorite challenge but chrissy two sticks is our favorite challenger 100 percent. i think that's correct yeah yeah Okay, but it's time to move into some uh, some negative chat now as we go into our worst challenge for Series 8. And I think we're both agreed on what the worst challenge is, right? Um, Yeah, kind of. And I want to say it's not because of the people involved. Nope. It's because I think of how it was presented. Uh, it's the Call of Duty challenge. Video gaming has a rich history of first-person shooter games, but as one of the best-selling franchises of all time, Call of Duty is arguably the king of FPS, and this challenge is one of the hardest there is. Playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the challengers will be working cooperatively to defeat six veteran-level bots, the most difficult bots they can face. They'll be playing on the small shoot-house map, that encourages fraught and high-energy engagement. Everyone will have four lives, and they will have a maximum of three minutes to kill or be killed. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a challenge that doesn't work very well on the screen, and I've been thinking on this since we discussed it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a challenge that would have worked better as a VT, like build up more, also have a camera on each competitor, have better audio isolation, better post mix and editing, and then kind of, yeah, do it as a video insert, but a video insert that tells a story. Yeah. Maybe wrap the difficulty down a little bit. Slightly, because it's or, always, it's one of those impossible challenges. Yeah. Or make it a squad. Rather hmm. than two, get another two people in a squad. Yeah, that'd be cool, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, get people acting as an actual squad in the game. Again, ways to fix it, ways to rescue it. And I think it's a shame because this challenge should have been good but it just didn't quite work. It's hard to follow as a challenge because it's over so quickly. Yeah. It's really hard to work out what happened, what, how close they were to winning. I don't think it conveys the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. Part of that is down to the editing, part of that down is to the challenge, and part of that down is part of that is down to the game itself. It's like it's just as a as a high as a as a triforce, it just doesn't quite come together yeah although i will give a big shout out to ems who is still online still streaming still gaming still playing counter-strike call it's of duty nothing on them man also recently been streaming the texas chainsaw massacre game no way oh i've been watching that she's been having a great time with that she loves being chased by a man with a chainsaw what can i say it's a lot of fun to that's watch. cool like yeah i get it I makes think... me want to play the game yeah I, it's I, I, I they're great yeah, as a couple, they're really great on the show. It's just they were given a challenge that I just, I doesn't work. Yeah, which is a shame. Uh, honorable mention for the Splatoon challenge, just because uh, we didn't know what was going on. We were in the audience for that one. Speaking of not understanding the game. And it's honestly, part of it is because you've got purple and yellow. And one person playing is in purple, the other is in yellow, but they're not playing as purple and yellow. And if they just made that one switch... And maybe it was a technical error, maybe it was a mistake, but if they'd just gone, hang on, we're going to break Games Master Tradition, we're going to have a second take of this, <laughs> and just switched them over, 
we'd have known what was going on. It still wouldn't have been an amazing challenge, yeah. but it would have been coherent. I know, it's a shame because Larry's great in it. Larry's very good in it. And actually, you know, Chances Nucci as well. And I know there are people in the chat watching this that were also there for that challenge. So I, I just back us up ever so slightly when you're talking to, when you're, you know, in the live chat. It was hard to follow. Yeah. Especially and, if you don't play Splatoon, no, admittedly. And, I, and I'm talking about like our little cluster that we were in on the, the right hand side of that stage. None of us knew what was going on. I was a dog being shown a card trick. And it was only at the end of it, I literally heard someone go like, oh, I thought Snoochie won. Yeah, because I was thinking the same thing. And I know you were on a similar line of things. It's, yeah, it, it, it's just a bit of an, ironically, a bit of a mess of a challenge. Yeah, and it's a shame because it could have been pretty fun. It could have been pretty good. It's the first of the little lad Larry challenges that's on the, the series run. And he is sparkling in it as a kid. Yeah, he's great because that's the third day as yeah, well. He's, got, so he's, he's really got into his stride. He's found a cache of sugar. He's good to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that actually will bring us nicely into the Annabelle Croft Award for our favorite celeb of Series 8. Hard to do. There's only three, technically four. Although yeah. in, in some circles, you might say... There's loads because every one of the shows is a celebrity apart from the two it's, punters that play Street Fighter. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with the one that is actually a soap opera actor. I'm going to go with Warren Brown. Who goes there? Ah, games master. I've missed you. Who are you? It's, it's me, games master. It's, it's Warren. Um, Warren Brown? Mm. Stripe back? No. Luther? No? Sorry, no. Now, you're going up against the almighty little lad Larry. Do you feel confident? Oh, I'm very confident, Games Master. You can leave now. Cheers, Games Master. You look different, but really good. Thanks. I got my hair did. Wait, Hollyoaks? Because he is that closest tie to a celebrity of old from Old School Games Master. And he, much like some of the best soap opera celebrities they had in the original run, he leans into it. He, like, has some fun. He's just like, Games Master, no, it's me. You remember me? Yeah. We met at that thing. Oh, I've missed you. Like, yeah. that's like, he's like you, look, you look different. Yeah, it, the interaction, the interplay, like, it's a proper, yeah, it's just, it's fun. He really, like, hamming up the idea as well that, he's not really a celebrity in the sense of games master has no idea who he is yeah and even like rab's first question was like why are you a celebrity yeah as opposed to like snoochie shy and and elsa which which is like you're a celebrity warren's the only one who comes on but like, you're right like he feels like a celebrity from a previous series it's a bit of deconstruction in many ways it's like well yes on a previous show you would have been big dog bollock celebrity you'd have been coming on from because we had people from neighbors and home and away and, and it you'd have been an actually pass but good you would have absolutely yeah you'd have you'd have come down from uh the, the river and you'd have got off the little gondola thing and you'd have walked on and been like oh yeah i'm doing this tv show at the moment and dominic Diamond would be like and i love you on that tv show yeah but no rab is here but like you why are you here and, and it also that like, he is He's someone who clearly loved Games Master and, yeah. as a kid and is like so thrilled to be on Games Master as a TV show. And he is working this appearance like, you know, he loses a challenge. And when he gets herded off by the gatekeepers, he is like, get off. You yeah, know, he's, he's so working good. with them. He's giving them something to work with. Yeah, he's awesome. Which is great. Uh, I am going to give my award, however, to Dev. Oh, hi, Games Master. I'm Dev. What do you do? 
I'm a radio DJ. Do you have a terrifying message to strike fear in the heart of your competitor? Yeah, I got a message from my competitor, okay? You're going down probably. And if you don't, then you'll be getting the upper hand and I'll be the one going down. Overall, I'll be having a really good time and perhaps we're friends afterwards. Chilling. I just want to say how much of an honour it is to be on Games Master. I've been in love with your giant yeah, head okay, since all I was right. about this high. So Enough just of thanks that. for having me. Somehow you managed to crawl up my bum when I don't even have one. Be gone with you. Thanks, Games Master. Radio DJs. They're worse than newsreaders. Yeah, uh, for the tiebreaker challenge. <laughs> and it might just be because I'm a celebrity master chef, Mark, and, 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 I, and I like... It probably is. And it was like, I liked Dev going into it, even prior to Celebrity MasterChef, because I'd seen Dev do other like TV appearances and stuff, and I've always found him to be a, a very like likable screen presence. But he has that Simon Miller promo where he's just like, are oh, my opponents going to get it? And if they don't, they're going to beat me. But I'm sure it's going to be a really fun challenge. And at the end of it, maybe we'll be friends. And I, he's just really sweet about it. Yeah. And then when he Chilling. goes, and then when he gets out on stage, and it's him and Ty interacting, he proper plays it up. I really like Dev. And even though it is not a celebrity challenge uh, in Bucky O'Hare is. He's a celeb. He was on Celebrity Masterchef. A uh, point from the chat of Dave Fisher saying, does Sir Trev count here? He was exceptional, as good as Patrick Moore. Oh, I don't know if I would count Sir Trev in there. If, if him and his giant head had done a challenge, then we would. Oh, Mac, do you imagine Sir Trev doing a challenge on Games Master? It, it would probably be like Bob Holness all over again. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, like I don't think we can. Uh, but uh, that's... It's Games Master Series 8 overall. Everyone on that show, you know, you and I were talking about this with Els the Witch, of, and I had my sort of shock surprise of like, would I be considered a celebrity yeah. on the show? Everyone in my books is a celeb, apart from the two lads playing Street Fighter and Chris. Yeah. Everyone else, I think, is, is a celebrity. Although now, Chris. But now, Chris, because Chris is now a celebrity. He certainly is in my eyes, anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, Very humble. But Oh, so humble. So humble. Uh, you mentioned Ashley Pask. It is now time to award the Ashley Pask Award of Worst Celeb. <sighs> this is this was tough because I don't think there are any bad celebs on this show. There isn't an Ashley Pask. There isn't a bad celebrity on this episode. The three episodes that we got. No, like there's people that do badly at the games, but there isn't anyone that comes out and acts like, they don't want to be there. They're only there because they're being paid to. I've got an, a single to promote. I, I'm, I'm leaving this Australian soap and I need to. Yeah. There's no Dean Gaffney and... Yeah. That oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that yeah. sort of happens. Yeah. Yeah. There's no All Saints. No. Or Emlyn Hughes. Oh, man. Super confused as why he's even there. Or first appearance, Jimmy White. <laughs> Click. Click. I thought about like, what a trick shot. So... This one I yeah. can say, but also that doesn't mean we don't want her to be on the show. And if she came back for another run, I would still be perfectly happy. We have to award it to someone. Yes. And unfortunately, this we've both got the same name. Yeah. And you have to, we have to give it to someone. And I don't think it is fair that we're giving it to this person. Yes. But we can't say no one. Yeah. And I'm only giving it to Snoochie Shy because it's the worst of the celebrity challenges. Right, who's next to snuff it? 
Wagwan Games Master. Wagwan. I'm Sunitia Shai, I'm a TV and radio presenter, and I'm from South London. So you believe you can defeat my resident gladiator on Splatoon 2? I'm not that confident, but my mum's always taught me you've got to believe in yourself, so... Let's hope mum knows best. Big up, my mum. Big up, mum. Yeah. It's because of the challenge, not because of the person, not because of how they behave, not no. because of how they appeared, not because of how they interacted with people. It's just because the challenge was bad. But yeah, it, it says a lot where maybe if we'd gone 10 episodes, there would have been a proper pask in there amongst them. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the odds are always in your favor to get a pask. Yeah. Uh, but when you're in G3, the odds are not within your favor. I think if you'd gone for an older celebrity, that would have been your chance for a pass. Because the thing is, a lot of younger celebrities are gamers. It's part of our culture now, more so than it was in the 90s. Absolutely. Like when Emlyn Hughes came on, it was just like, I've never even heard of Amiga. Like it's, but now it's just like, oh, you know, his name is Nuji Shai. He's like, here are my gaming credentials. Yeah. Here are my favorite games. They're all from the PlayStation 1, but here are my favorite games. And here are the games that I like to play. I think with more episodes, you'd have found your actual Ashley Pask Awards. But in the three we have, unfortunately, it's going to be Snoochie, and I don't like giving it to Snoochie. No. Uh, for many of the reasons we've just discussed yeah. with the uh, the worst challenge as well. But yeah. lovely person, good interaction. Yeah. Fun little death animation. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, my God. Oh, jazz hands. Also, you know, shout out to the two lads that play Street Fighter that ended up not being the worst challenge. Yeah. Because I really thought that was going to be my worst challenge of the series. Yeah. I, to be honest, me too, until we did the rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
our next award is our favorite feature. I think we're doom. Yeah, like it's it, educating Grado, brackets general. Yeah, but specifically, dumb, 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 dumb. dumb. All right, Grado. All right, man. Can I ask you a question? All right. Do you know what a mod is? My girlfriend's dad was a mod in the 60s. He wore lumberjack jackets and all pads and stuff. No, mate. No, not that kind of mod. You know, gamers get games and they start modifying them, changing how it looks, changing how it plays, making it better. Sometimes, can you believe this, mate? Fixing the mistakes that the game designers made. Surely it was. Why would you want to buy a game that needs fixed? People do it all the time. People are happy with that. Some of the biggest selling games are broke. How do you fix them? How do they fix They go in, they get in about that code. Change it. Right. Hackers. No like hacking. You've got a kind of 1990s concept of hackers, oh. right? No like hackers. Coders, clever people, even just normal punters, get in about there and change it. You know, have you ever heard of a game called Doom? Doom. 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 Um, I mean, I've Doom. Heard Doom. Doom. No. D O O M. Doom. Doom. And what, was, was that broken? No, 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 no. No, it's one of the best games ever made. Right. They made a mod for Doom called Thatcher's Tech Base. Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher. Scotland's end of level boss right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do I ever try? This is a game that you've modified. I've not done it. I can't need it. I'm an idiot. Mm. A clever game. Am I having to fix it? No, you're not fixing anything. You're Somebody else will fix it for me. Grado, you're just playing it. I'm not getting involved in politics. All right. You want to have a shot, though? Come on. Let's go and kill Thatcher. I wouldn't say that on the telly. Come on. So, I, I've been desperate and I have not done this yet. I've desperately wanted to show people this in the office, particularly Sullivan Bo Brown, uh, who is one of the people that we work with, because he will get such a kick out of this. And there are other people who will get a kick out of it as well because they, you know, they know Grado and everything. But I want to show this because I think that is the peak of the comedy that they do together. Mm. And we detailed this in, you know, we recapped it in series three. It's not just the dumb, dumb, dumb stuff. It's, oh, my girlfriend's dad was a mod, rode a moped. Hackers, have you fixed it? Do I have to fix Do it? Do I have to fix it? <laughs> I'm not getting involved in politics. <laughs> and then just the, the the slow narration of just like, and I used a chainsaw and I punched her in the face. And then cut back. What do you think? Loved it. Yeah. It's perfect. It's the perfect escalation of that run of three little vignettes, you know, which kind of started with, I love what it was to be a goose. <laughs> yeah. It's a book. It's a book. But yeah, so yeah, educating Grado with an honourable mention, I think, for me, for colleagues, because I think that is a series that if done more episodes, as hey, maybe some digital-only content would have just been great. Little five-minute videos yeah. of them trying different games, you know, spending their lunch breaks, playing the games together. Maybe if it's a multiplayer or they're just passing the controller around and having a bit of a chinwag. The worst bit about that as a feature would be the schmuck who has to edit it because he would just be given an hour of B-roll and go, make something. Make, make a 90-second make a segment out of this or yeah. a two-minute segment out of this. I was so harsh, uh, over unnecessarily harsh on the Valheim one. And really my, like, I don't like it as much as they can't drive this one is because they don't like the game. But really, like, looking back on it, I was, I was harsh on it because they're great. Like they're having fun. You're like, you know, Frankie doing like the the wings and stuff, mm -hmm. and 
it is them being mates. And they filmed a bunch of these things and they're just not there and we don't have them. And I want more of them. Yeah. I like colleagues. Colleagues is the thing that, and I've, I've said this on an episode, stands them out from just being three people cast together, cast separately and put on screen together. Mm. It's the segment that makes them feel like friends. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll probably bring this up again when we get into our next award. But the costume challenge is also one of my favorite things because it's when they're all together. Even Grado. Yeah. Like, Grado is there and Grado feels part of the team. Everything else just feels so singular. All of Rab's reviews are Rab. All of Thai stuff is Thai. But this and the costume stuff is when they are together as a group. I would have liked to have seen, and again, this will probably come onto the costume thing a bit. I would have liked to have seen a feature that was Frankie-centric, that was based around something Frankie yep. could, could bring to the table or a Frankie interest, maybe more around PC gaming. I don't know. Well, Frankie said, like, this is my pitch that I would have made for give me a segment. This is the segment that I'll do. Yeah. And the, the costume one almost feels is like it, it worth my time. That was is it, it worth yeah. my time? Yeah. Like the, the costume segment feels like a Frankie segment because she does the VO for it. But at the same time, it doesn't it doesn't come across as a Frankie segment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially because it was filmed as one thing. And then, as we found yeah. out, edited into something else in post. Yeah. So let's do it. The, the Naked and Begging Award for worst feature of series eight. Obviously we have reviews in there. We have got various features. We've got some of the sponsored feature stuff in there as well. And there's colleagues. And hey, maybe we'll award one of them to Educate and Grado. We're not. No, we're not. And I did think, oh, maybe one of the ones that kind of came into my mind initially and I thought of briefly was maybe the Cruising Blast review. Yeah. But the reason why I didn't is I'm like, Okay, I still don't necessarily, I'm not going to go out and buy Cruise and Blast, but it was very well written. It had a great little narrative talking about the sugar boat. Very video like, guided. Yeah, yeah. But it was so well produced. I'm like, eh, that could have been about like a uh, Mahjong game. And I just still found it entertaining because it was how Rab mm. presented it. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, we've got in our notes, we've got three down here. And I'm still kind of ping-ponging backwards and forwards, I think, in my head. For me, I am going to go with Beat Saber. This is Beat Saber, an immersive VR rhythm game on the Quest 2 where you must use your sabers to slash the beats of adrenaline pumping music as they fly towards you. Not only must you match the colours of your saber to the beat, red on red and blue on blue, but you must slash them in the direction the arrow is telling you, up, down, left, right. Every wrong move kills that bit more of your health, but nothing damages it more than missing a beat. And come on, you know Ty don't like to miss a beat. The difficulty ranges from easy all the way up to expert plus, an insanely hard level for elite special gamers only. However, the holy grail of Beat Saber is what they call full combo. A perfect run where not one beat is missed and everyone is hit just right. On expert plus, this is basically impossible. Or is it? Not because it's a sponsored segment. In fact, it's because I think it was a terrible sponsored segment. I think it made the Meta Quest 2 look way dorkier than it actually is. I think that, um, I don't know. I just don't think it presented the kid good. I don't think it presented the product good. You know, it was fine. But if I was Meta, I might not have been too happy with that one. I've got a similar thought process because I've gone for the Ties Asylum. Me and my boys love gassing myself up online and getting competitive. But if you're saying you're the big man, you got to prove it. Ah, 
So now I've got the Games Master behind me, I wanted to put two of my best mates through their gaming paces. Yo. These are my boys, LV General and Kamali. Fam, where's he got us, fam? It's coming like some haunted church or something they put us in. They both think they're the best gamers of all time. Been taught how to play these games from young. I've become the boss of games. No, he plays the games and whatever. He's an old school man. And I'm bringing a new school. So your boy Ty Logan's gonna put that to the test. What's going on, guys? You're right. Welcome to Ty's Asylum. Let's get straight into it. It's that it just doesn't make any sense within the show. All of a sudden, it's just like, here are these two lads. And it's like, all right, okay, whoa, well, episode three, it's the final episode. It's like, here are my two mates. They're going to do a challenge. And one of those guys take a punch from the end. It's like, all right, I don't know these guys. Mm. And we're going to play these three games. Like, uh, why? And, like, and at the end of it, we're going to do this VR quest. I was like, oh, because it's a sponsored segment. And then we're going to do an ice bath thing. It's like, all right, but I didn't know these people. Like, it's YouTube content, absolutely. And, that, you know, that's what you kind of want from the show. But you need to set that YouTube content up. You need to set those the stakes up. Like, it's the reason why the costume challenge works is, is because it's the three, the four hosts that you mm. got to know in episode one in Rab, Ty, Frankie, and Grado. But all of a sudden, you're just like, here are these two lads. Which one do you want to see play Street Fighter? It's like well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't picked a side because I don't know these guys. And then you don't really see much of the Street Fighter fight or the FIFA 22 challenge or really the the Meta Quest stuff either. It just as a segment, I think it doesn't work on any level. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing Street Fighter 2. It was nice to see an actual retro game other than Brab's Evercade review. I would have ditched that. I'd have ditched the FIFA. And I would have framed it as a tie segment where ties just like, you know, we used to have to go and like run around in a room full of dry ice to play Laser Quest or something like that. But now with the Meta Quest, all you need is an empty space and just like kind of framed it like that of, okay, then they're going to play that Laser Quest game because that game did look cool. Then look fun. And I would have rather had three minutes of that game and just kind of like showing how it can work in an open space. Yeah. Like that brief segment made me want to play that game more than the dedicated uh, Beat Saber segment yeah. made me want to play Beat Saber because I'm like, oh, okay, they that actually looks like a lot of fun. The game looks like a lot of fun. It looks like they're having a great time and it's presented quite differently as well. So yeah, I, I it was again branded content, but I don't feel it did a, a great job again because it yeah. tried to be, it tried to kind of tell that arc of like, oh, Street Fighter 2, FIFA, and now the future. I would have found it less obnoxious if they'd just gone, here's Ty and some mates playing some meta quest and showing that you can actually now play Quasar Laser in a garage. You and I fixed this in episode three, which is that that's your runner. Is in episode one, you have a Ty's Asylum. In episode two, the Ty's Asylum is the costume challenge. Yeah. And you can still have the Grado punchline with Ty as a judge and Frankie as the adjudicator. And then in episode three, you have these two going over against, and you like that then works. It's a consistent thread, but in episode three of a three-show format, to be like, here are two lads, they're now a part of this show. Yeah, it doesn't work narratively. Part of me does wonder. Ah, I kind of wish we got to speak to Kian again, but Kian is Kian is off doing his own things. I wonder is how much of some of the stuff like the Ties Asylum and some of the other bits came about because of one time scale but also this was still the pandemic 
Like there is, yeah, yeah, that's quite, true. We, we, it, it is amazing mm-hmm. that this show actually got commissioned and made in 2021 because a lot of shows didn't. A lot of shows just went on hiatus. You and I talked about this when we did a Top Gear gaming show. We were still at home when that show was on the air. I was still working from home at that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that is, there's a, a fair argument to be made that perhaps that played into it. Availability as yeah. well with the, the type production that they had. Uh, but yeah, for, for what we got as an end product, Ties of Silent for me just did not work. And then, of course, there is the costume challenge as well, which we've talked about and Frankie's talked about. Started as one thing, ended up as another thing. It's amazingly probably the most controversial thing that the show did that, that wasn't putting a non-binary person in the first challenge. It's, and it's the thing that probably people still bring up to be like the woke box ticking snowflake snowflake comments the yeah you look at episode two like, you look at the comments on the one three episodes are, are fun because episode one is just full of people like oh this show is back and episode three is like oh this show is over hmm. episode two is the only show where you've got actual comments about the actual content of the show yeah but it's also the show with the controversial segment in bucky o'hare is so it's just comments that are filled about that. Yeah. And the, you know, the pregnant agenda. Um, usually at this point, we would do our Diamondism Award for Best Dick Joke. But we don't have a Dominic Diamond anymore. And because of that, we don't really have Diamondism anymore either. So what we thought we would do is the Rabism Award for our favorite wrestling reference. Yep. So if you're one of those listeners to Under Consultation that are like, oh, I hope they don't talk too much about wrestling on this episode. It sucks to be you right at this section. Sorry. Because it's in the episode of Games Master. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. It's fine. If they stuck with us for 198 episodes, they can stick with us for at least one more. We'll, we'll get through this bit quickly, shall we? Yeah, we'll try and do. Because, I mean, there's wrestling all over the show because Grado's there, Rab's there, Rab loves wrestling. If we'd gone for a full 10 episodes, I would like to believe we'd have got a wrestling challenge in there somehow. Well, we know, and we won't go into too much detail on this, but that was one of the things they they did want to do mm. with a, with an upcoming uh, video game, but couldn't get around to it in the end. But they really were pushing for a wrestling video game to be yeah. in, this, in this taping run. Um, and yeah, like, it's you know, we're, we're wrestling fans. Rab's a wrestling fan. And he just had a lot of, subtle if you're not a wrestling fan references just thrown in like if you're not a wrestling fan they're just they're just phrases that he says but if you are a wrestling fan at home you'd be like oh he said the thing and like for me it's in episode three when he calls little lad larry a genetic freak yeah big popper pump scott steiner of wcw and wwe and tna fan yeah he just referenced that to scott steiner he's like with this calling him a genetic freak and as a wrestling fan i'm just like i he said the thing, Bart. Uh, but a lot of it was actually around Larry, Little Lad Larry, because uh, wasn't he also referred to as the excellence of execution? He was, yeah, during the Splatoon challenge. It's not, oh, it's not a short award uh, that we'll hand out yeah. here, because there were, there were no dick jokes for us on this one. It was no. a clean-cut show. Uh, it brings us to our penultimate award for worst moments. I'll, I'll do mine quickly now. Yep. And I think people will be unsurprised by this, and it's only because it's a game that I love that was presented badly on the show. I don't like the speedrunners challenge. It's nothing against MC Fixer. No. It's nothing against Sun Pie. No. It's nothing really against Games Master as a show either. It's actually a great challenge to put onto a TV show, Games Master. I, I, I do want to stress that. But I wanted it to be better. Yeah. I wanted it to be good. I wanted it to be my favorite challenge. And it just fucking isn't. It's actually 
quite shit. Like, I, I thought it was shit in 2021, and actually only two years of hindsight has made it much worse. Because <laughs> you've played the game a lot more. Because I've played it for the last two years. Yeah. Like, so now I'm playing it, and I'm like, ugh, man, this should be way better than it is. And I only know that because, like, I, I, you know, I said this on the, the podcast, I play it every day yeah. in, in our office. Like, we play it as a four-player thing, and it, we have the most fun playing that game. And that it's, we have so much fun playing that game that when we have external people coming in to do guest spots on videos and stuff, they come over to our little hideout, you know, our little cozy area in the office and be like, oh, what are you playing? Oh, this looks like fun. Oh, well, I'll get involved in this. <laughs> oh, this will be great fun. Look, oh, pass me the pad. I want to get involved as well. It does not come across in this episode. No. So, sorry, guys. It's, it's my worst moment of the series. This would have been a great game for colleagues. Yeah, wouldn't it have just? Yeah, yeah as a multiplayer thing. As Especially I, yeah. if Frankie and Ty get it. Sorry, Dave, right there. It's skitching all over again. Yeah, it is. Dave, you're absolutely bloody bang on the banana. It's skitching all over again. Yep. Why can't they make games that I like look good? Uh, with skitching, I'm definitely not going to go into it. But no, I can imagine with colleagues, if Frankie had been great at it, Ty had been great at it, and Rab, for whatever reason, just hadn't clicked with it, it would have been really funny. Yeah, yeah, it would have been some great content. To answer Cliff's there, it's like, we need to buy your work a new ruddy game. Oh, Cliff, we've bought them. But we always go back. We had our little period of time with 2K23. We had our little time with Fall Guys. We had our little time with Fight Forever. We've had our little time with Overcooked. We'll always go back. We'll always go back to speedrunners. I mean, let's be honest, Final Fantasy VII and Symphony of the Night over here. I've got two different save files on Final Fantasy VII as, of, as we speak. One at work and one at home. It's actually quite confusing when I go back to the one at work. I'm like, okay, so what material have I got here? <laughs> What's, what, what lineup have I got? Oh, I'm playing with Cat Sith in this lineup, am I? Oh, that's fun. Oh, she's still alive. I haven't got that far yet. I haven't yet. got that far yet. Where the fuck am I? Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm on the gold saucer. All right. Okay, cool. Let's go this way. My favorite was when I was playing Spider-Man on the PlayStation and Assassin's Creed on the Xbox at the same time. Not like literally at the same time, but kind of flip-flopping back between them uh, per evening because mm -hmm. we were still kind of lockdown-ish. So I was having more time to play games. And they're both stealthy games with similar controls, but a few key control differences. And so I'd go and play three hours on Assassin's Creed one night and then the next night, pick up uh, Spider-Man on the PlayStation and I'd go to run in, do a stealth mission and probably just drop into the middle of the floor surrounded by villains and go, well, I did not mean to do that. <laughs> That's because it's on R2 on this one, not L2. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, Shredder's Revenge. That is another game everyone mentioned in the chat that we have had in the office. You know, that lasted three days. No one's as big a Ninja Turtle fan as you. That's part of the problem. I was desperate for us to try and play more of that. But we all went back to speedrunners. Oh, the other one. Um, what's that game where you're like the, the little uh, knight things that shoot arrows at each other? Yeah, someone will be able to help me in the chat. I think I mentioned this before, but it's like it's a four-player game and you're these little like 8-bit knights things and you're shooting arrows at each other. And it's like a one-hit kill thing. It's great. It's really good fun. Yeah. But we go back to speedrunners. Yeah. Always go Can't back to your favorites. Uh, what, what about you? What's your, your worst moment of the series? Uh, Channel 4's marketing of the show. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Pretty much. That's it. I mean, we can talk about the technicalities of where the premieres work. Nightfall. Thank you, John Mel. There we go. Uh, we can talk. Oh, is that the game where you're little pixelated knights and at the end someone breaks the Batman's back? Yes. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what. Cool. Uh, but yeah, you can talk about whether premieres were designed for that or not. 
I don't think it matters if they actually get the premiere to start on time. You can talk about like whether advertising was in the right place or not, but it 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 just it I, wasn't consistent. There I, wasn't enough. I, they could have started from the moment they had a logo and a background. They could have started advertising that Games Master was coming back, and they didn't really. I still don't know how they got that premiering thing wrong. My only guess would be they were still waiting for a sign-off from some lawyer. Yeah. I mean, we know the edit was tight because of based when we got our press screeners. Because it's not that they had to load in a different file because they would have had to have sent out a different link. So it's not that. The file that we watched is the file that was there. Yeah. But the premiere did not premiere at the right time. Maybe I, I've got to think it was some little bit of legal sign-off they were still waiting for before they could put the episode out. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of as to why it got delayed. But it made a national broadcaster look like chumps. Absolutely made them look like absolute morons. Because that's all everyone was saying in the live chat. Why isn't this live yet? Yeah. We get that on our broadcast if we're two minutes late. And we are not a multinational corporation. Yeah. Like, we get it, we get it here with this <laughs> broadcast because we didn't start immediately on time because we were just quickly reorganizing a couple of bits and pieces. And immediately it's like, oh, is Ash gone for a poo? The answer is no. I went half an hour ago. Yeah, so it's, it 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 wasn't good, and the fact that you know we mentioned this in the the first run we did, got to episode three and people were like, oh, did this show come back? There was a Games Master reboot. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We, we, I think I we, we've said quite a bit on that. So enjoy. You know Let, let's talk about some positive things, Ash. Let's talk about our favorite moments. What's our favorite moment of the reboot? Being there for me. Yeah, so it's it's honestly same. Being there for the filming of an episode, walking into a set, seeing a golden joystick in person, being part of that crowd, the crowd that I wanted to be part of as a teenager. And yeah, being there and getting to experience it because it doesn't matter whether it comes back again. It doesn't matter if it does come back. And it is a YouTube channel. And while there are gaming challenges, maybe there's no audience anymore. We got to be there for an episode of Games Master. You can argue whether it was a legitimate episode of Games Master if you are very much in a camp of it's not Games Master without Dominic Diamond. That's fine. But the title card said Games Master. The, the, everything about it, the golden joystick, it was Games Master. And like, I think that's why I'm glad we did push back on the doing a challenge thing because we got to go there and we just got to enjoy being there and experiencing it. If it comes back again and they ask us again, I'm like, oh yeah, we'll come up with a conceit. We'll, we'll invent an argument. We'll fake something. Yeah, we'll fake something up. But because we knew it could be the only time, it was just great to be there, to meet in the pub beforehand and record our little pre-thoughts and yeah, then absolutely. talk about it the next day. I, it was the conversation I had with my wife because my, my kid had just been born. Like she was a week and a half old by the time that the, the, uh, the reboot shoots were coming, maybe two weeks old. And we got the opportunity to go to these tapings. And my wife just looked at me and said, you have to go. Yeah. Cause I was on I was on parental leave. I was on my I was on my paternity leave. And I, you know, the reason for me being on paternity leave was to look after my child. And my wife looked at me and said, You have to go to Games Master. Because this was important. And this might not happen again. And really, like, you know, now we're two years on. It probably won't, it might not, it really might not happen again. This might be the only chance we'll ever have had to be on the set of Games Master. And 
I was so excited on the drive up. Mm -hmm. I was so excited when I was just parked in the, the that underground car park thing in Tesco where, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. and I were going to meet together. I was so excited for us to record at the pub and just have a drink. The first time you and I had a drink together in person since like the March, March of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Even before then, probably like February 2020 was probably the last time we got like maybe like whatever it was. Yeah. But we got and getting to hang out together in person in a pub and recording in person. It was so awesome. And walking out onto that set, because you and I got to walk out onto the set before all the other punters were let in and stuff. And we were just being shown around being like, this is the set. Here's where we're setting up this and telling us about like, you know, the difficulties they were having with OBS and the, the difficulties that Ben was going through to get Splatoon to work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a split screen thing. And I genuinely was a bit emotional about it. Yeah. Because Games Master was back and all of a sudden we're in it. Like not on it, but we're in it and we're, we're a part of it. It's like, I always wanted to be on the set of Games Master, you know, those first four series and what, actually, I'd, I should say the four series, those first seven series, because I thought those kids were there all the time. Yeah. And I thought that there were people there for series five and six. So I'd always wanted to be in the audience for Games Master. And now I got to be that. And that's great. And that, that is my favorite moment of the reboots. No matter what comes after this, you and I will always have being there in person for a Games Master taping. Like, if you couldn't have gone, if the kid wasn't well or something else had come up, I, I would have still gone because legitimately one of us should have been there because if nothing else, we'd have had nothing to talk about. But I would have probably spent most of the recording just kind of glancing at my phone like not not to keep an eye on the time, but just I'd have probably dropped you a couple of messages. But also I'd Let have felt challenges and stuff. I'd have felt really <laughs> weird. Mm. Like it would have been a case of Luke should be here. Luke really should be here for this. So yeah, it was a it was a great moment to be able to be there to experience it. Um, the entire ride of Series Eight for oh, us. Oh man, it was so much fun to actually go from being a very very kind of at the time mostly recording in advance podcast dealing with a show that was twenty odd years old or more to breaking news, to here is a press screener, it's going live on Sunday, and having less than, yeah. like, what, three, four days usually to turn an episode around and get it out? It was crazy. Yeah, we, like, we had like 48 hours, basically. To, we're, between getting an episode, recording it, and getting it out, we were basically like on a 48, 72-hour period. Yeah, and those were some... Nice. It actually amazes me how good those episodes sound. Honestly, because, yeah. Yeah. And like, as I think back when we first started this show... You know, you and I sat in that mm -hmm. pub and, and I'm like, and the great thing about it, it has an end point. And then all of a sudden we get this email being like, oh, we're going to do a book about Games Master that we haven't announced yet. Do you want to interview Dominic Diamond about it? Because yeah. Dominic Diamond is essentially writing an autobiography and, you know, you're the best place for us to announce this launch. Which I find baffling. That's one thing. And then just uh, honestly, a couple of months later, a Twitter DM <laughs> being like, oh, we're rebooting Games Master would we'd really like to talk to you before we go into our production meetings about what we should, what we can do with this show. It was a fucking mad six month period. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh yeah. Awesome. And I, I look back on it so fondly because I, you know, it was a tight turnaround to getting those episodes out, but I wouldn't change a single thing about them. Yeah. I loved it. And I had such a good time with us recording those episodes and getting them out as quickly as we did. Yeah. But I wouldn't change a thing about them. And I wouldn't change a thing about that those that six month period. It was like the maddest six month period of the show, but what a highlight it was! Absolutely. 
a couple of notable mentions from the chat and things that I feel like we really should have put down, which is Games Master saying bollocks, little lad Larry's, he made me born. He made me born is the funniest line of the whole show. There is some great writing in this series. There's a lot of very funny lines. I mean, you could actually see when we talk about educating Grado, there are some great lines in there. We quoted them. The chat there were quoting dumb, them. Dumb, 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 dumb. I'm not getting political. Yeah. I loved it. Boop. <laughs> um, I've never seen yours. I was only, th I was honestly, I nearly referenced Dick that. Dick <laughs> I nearly referenced that today because uh, we recorded uh, a video yesterday with uh, two wrestlers. And one of the other people that was hosting it made a Star Wars reference. Mm. And the two wrestlers were like, I've no idea what you're talking about. Because they'd never they've never seen Star Wars. And the goes, and you know, the the host was like, What? You've never seen Star Wars? My first thought was in Grado being like, oh, I've never seen Jaws. John, I know because we talked about it before, and I know who one of those wrestlers is. I'm gonna be having words. Because <laughs> I'm like, seriously. Yeah. And there's part of me is like, like what you said with Grado, I wonder if they're just playing up to the fact that they've never seen it, but they actually have seen it. Yeah, that was my. I, I'm I'm hoping. Yeah, so. absolutely. But, but yeah. yeah, what what a, what a ride it was, and like I the chat have got some great bits and pieces in there of like what. A, yeah, I I very much enjoyed it. Really, honestly, I you know closing thoughts before we get into listener feedback. I had a great time with Series Eight. Yeah, whatever you can say about the product, and we've said quite a bit about the the end product itself. As a time period itself, that is a six month period. I'm going to look back on very very fondly. Yeah, we've I got know. some great memories. We've got oh, our yeah. names in the credits, our faces on the screen, and you know, I'll categorical remember where I was. Yeah, I'll always remember where I was when it was announced. I'll always remember where it was when you and I were recording those episodes and being in those episodes as well. It was, nuts. it was also a great six-month period because of what we were coming out of. Because yeah, we had that yeah, build-up, yeah. we had Games Master, and as we talked about on the kind of revisit, we then had Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. Good yeah. time for us. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the world. Yeah. But it's now time for your listener feedback. Thank you very much to everyone who did get in your listener feedback, because we do appreciate that it was a, uh, much like recording episodes first time around, a tight turnaround for uh, your listener feedback. So thank you very much to everyone who got theirs in. Yes, and uh, the first up is Mardon X9, uh, one of our American listeners. America. America, yes. Also a regular on the Discord, who says, so this is it, the last wrap-up. It was amazing to find out that Games Master was coming back. After watching the old series, I tried to picture how Games Master would look today. I got my wish after seeing the new series and it didn't disappoint. Series 8 was as good as the return of G4. I hope they decide to do more, and who knows, maybe Games Master might come to America. But that would be asking far too much, or for too much. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, I, I think back to the comments that are in those videos of people being like, this is not what I thought Games Master would look like, because they've got this image in their head of what Games Master A church on an oil rig. Yeah, but really, like, if they went back and watched old episodes, it's not what they thought it was. Yeah. Um, but it's nice there, you know, for Mardon to be like, I, I I tried to picture how it was, and then I got that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was, but I got what we had, and that did not disappoint. I think that's a really nice way to look at it, because really, I didn't know what it was going to look like in 2022, 2021 even. Very briefly, and I did prep you with this earlier, who would host an American Games Master? And who would be 
the game's master. An American version of the show. Yeah. And it might just be because like Mardonna's mentioned G4 there, but Xavier Woods as the host of an American Games Master mm. is like the perfect thing. And then I was thinking of like, who would be my American Games Master? Bob Barker. See, I went in a different direction, also with someone who sadly passed away recently, um, relatively, Larry King. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Because, and it got into my head, what makes a good Games Master? It's someone that can read an auto cue, but that doesn't have a oh. clue what a video game is because the problem is, and I think this could have been an issue with Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart has got X years of Star Trek. He can be given a line that makes no sense to him and deliver it with the conviction that he absolutely understands what a photon flugel is. Mm -hmm. If you give him stuff about video games, he'll do exactly the same. But what made Trevor great and what made Patrick more great was Duck Hunt. Ooh, ah, Cantona. Cantona. Uh, yeah. Three, one, three, one, three, one, three, one. For sure. <laughs> it's the straight delivery of things that they don't 100% get. It adds to the humor. And I think Larry King, having seen him attempt to um, act as uh, a, a guest voice for Jeff Peterson on the late, late show, The Robot Skeleton Sidekick, the voice actor went on holiday. So they got a bunch of celebrities to voice the puppet. Mm. And not only did they voice him, but I think he was also controlling him with the remote control. And it was a <laughs> disaster. But I'm just like, yeah, he'd have been great. Another one, sadly, also departed, Betty White. Yeah, I get you're looking at those old school, yeah. brilliant American towns. That's why Bob Barker jumped into my mind, because like Bob Barker is an American staple of TV. Obviously, he's you know, departed from us now, but at the time they would have made this, he'd have been like, that's America TV. That is American family TV right there in Bob Barker. And he'd have been perfect at that role of, I have no idea what a video game is, but I'll say the lines that are on this auto cue because I'm Bob Barker and I'm freaking brilliant at that. For someone who's alive, Crotchety also has a certain amount of nerd appeal, but is also very much a household name via uh, the Food Network. Alton Brown. I think it's say Guy Fieri. Fuck no. <laughs> no, Alton Brown. Gonna take it to Flavortown. <laughs> that's where that's where the Games Master US is set. It's in Flavortown. Uh but no, Alton Brown, because he's a grumpy crotchety man, and I think he would have some great fun delivering lines. But the other thing is he's actually quite a good actor. So again, he would be able to deliver the lines with a degree of conviction. Yeah. Uh next bit of feedback comes in from Harriet. Thank you very much, Harry, who says, Hi, Ash and Luke. When I first watched Series 8, I had to pinch myself that it didn't seem that it was real. The 22-year gap from Series 7 to 8 was a long time, and life is certainly different from when I was a child to now being a questionable adult. But watching Rab's speech at the beginning and opening credits, I felt like that child again. I was just so happy to see one of my favorite shows back on TV. Even with new presenters and a new games master, it still had that nostalgia to it. One of the best things to come from this series is educating Grado. From Rav explaining how music affects gameplay, learning about visual novels and modern games, honestly, a brilliant addition to the show. I wonder if Grado actually did play games after this. My favorite challenge is when a legend returned to the show. That's right, it's Critty Two Sticks. The first challenge is to try and win two golden joysticks from different eras. The threat of our original goldstick being destroyed. I love the fact that it's, I, I actually misread that as our original golden joystick. Yeah. It is, it's our. Yeah. But 
Harriet has written your. The threat of your original golden joystick being destroyed if you didn't win is definitely a heart in the throat moment. We were all rooting for him and he did it. Chrissy Two Sticks was born and his legacy continues. I love the energy of Rab, Frankie, and Ty as the new presenters. Trevor McDonald's the Games Master, the dry win sarcasm from him was brilliant. Who knows if there will be another series in the future, but it was wonderful to go back to my childhood once again and appreciate it even more. Thank you, Ash and Luke, for all you've done with the podcast. I look forward to what you do in the future, and I know that I'll be there as you see crew to support you. In the words of Games Master, big up, mum. Big up, mum, indeed. Big up, mum, indeed. Love to you and the UC crew. Uh, also, I just want to give an honourable mention of like best moments. That little cold open from Rab at the beginning of episode one, because that was so good. I'm just like, I'm doing a riff on that for our episode yeah, yeah. one. But that was great. And lovely to hear from you, Harriet, one of our longtime supporters and friend of the show podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Like Harry's has been uh, a supporter, uh, a, you know, a big supporter over the years. She, she recently sent me a message because it's been like we recently just passed the anniversary of us first meeting in person. Oh, uh, when she met at the four quarters in Hackney Wick before uh, Royal Quest. Ah, and it was so it's been so awesome to, to get to know Harry over the years. So thank you very much for all the, your, your amazing support and feedback. Up next is Peter Sidon. Hey, guys, my thoughts on season eight. As someone who was around and watching the original show, I was interested to see how they would redo it for a modern fan. I felt that they had some good ideas, educating Grado, colleagues, but ultimately the short series time and tight turnaround production meant it didn't find that crowd. It's a shame because I enjoyed the show. I felt that Rab, Frankie and Ty were a solid trio, and I hope that if it does come back, they have them come back as well. But the biggest highlight for me is that they got Sir Trevor MacDonald to say on TV, bollocks. Lastly, just want to say thanks for helping me remember one of my favorite childhood shows. You guys rule, and I can't wait to see what the next chapter for the podcast is. Me neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Uh, our next bit comes in from Maddie Boo, uh, who says, Hi, Ash and Luke. First off, apologies to those expecting the modeling mini podcast within a podcast. We had a chat, we decided that we did such a great job wrapping everything up in the last feedback round that it would have been weird to come back for another one. Thank you to everyone who listened and enjoyed our daft little segments and keep growing and growing. Series 8, I maintain, was more of an experiment of what worked and what didn't. Channel 4 themselves use it as an experiment of their own, as Holyoaks is now receiving the same YouTube and E4 treatment. I'm sure that will do well for them. I agree with Luke that ideally the recording should have accommodated six episodes or so, as streams aside, People like things in small chunks so they can spend hours binging it, but smaller episodes means tighter pacing and that can only be a good thing. Out of the segments, loved educating Grado. In fact, I'd love to have seen a whole series of that in its own right. Whatever the future holds for both Games Master and UCP, know that you guys have done a fantastic job covering the entirety of the show and you have both my support and anticipation for what's in store in the weeks and months to come. Oh, and by the way, Chuff is over. All the best from your friendly neighborhood mob daddy, Matty Boo. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you to Matty and indeed all of our mods, some yeah. of whom we still have to hear from, who help keep things in line on the Discord and also on our Twitch streams and these things on UCN and YouTube and stuff like that. They're a lovely group of people. Wonderful very, very happy. Very, very, very happy to have them with us. Also for UCP Live too, where they were, uh, they were our goblins. Actual modlins. Actual modlins. And I heard Cliff say that you know when we talked about the big things that we did for UCP Live too, he said I wore a cape. Yeah, and it, which is true. He did. Yeah, they were they were uh, dressed as robes, but they were actually cheap Jedi capes. I got off of Amazon. 
uh, thank you very much to 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 Maddie Boo and and everyone who has sent in their uh, support for this podcast. Uh, it really does mean the world to us. And yes, I'm sure there are those who are disappointed that we didn't get our final modelings mini podcast within the podcast to be honest we'd have just not done a feedback episode we just left it to them because that's where the runtime was going uh we don't actually have much audio feedback this time around in fact we have one piece of audio feedback and here it is from tom hey ash and Lou. this is tom dm tom dylan mcavoy from uh the uh ucp discord and patreon wow well done guys you've you've done it we're uh we're a Nats, as of this audio recording, we're a Nats dick away from hearing the last U- UCP on um, Games Master. It's crazy. Bear in mind, I've only really been listening to the pod over the past, well, just shy of two years, but it's been an incredible ride. Um, wow. I mean, you guys have really gone above and beyond creating something special here. Like, not only for us craving some nice retro, uh, retrospective on nice uh, 90s nostalgia, but just playing such an amazing experience that we can listen to weekly and harboring a, and fostering a community that's extended well beyond that. So this is, I know this is quite a vague uh, general bit of feedback, but you guys should be immensely proud of what you've created. Um, I'm currently down in the abyss with Sean. Um, so if anyone feels free to uh, pop down and say hello, that's where we'll be. But from here in the abyss, just want to say thank you. Pretty awesome to get audio feedback. I think when we first started this show way back when, I don't think I ever thought we would do. No, me neither. Like, you know, we had a small amount of feedback for, for Series 1 because we had such a small listenership at that point. And it's not like the listenership has grown massively since then, but it's always it still thrills me to get audio feedback. So thank you very much, Tom. Yeah. And I can say, Tom, if you're not watching this live, the live chat exploded with excitement that, that Tom had provided some audio feedback. Yeah, and I exploded when I heard that initial audio feedback because, boy, howdy, not only did he provide us with our only piece of audio feedback for this wrap-up, he also really put my sound restoration filters to the to the effort. Uh, you may have still heard a little bit of a siren. There were cars, there were sirens, there was wind. The noise audio restoration suite that I use, at every dollar it's subscription on that one. So thank you for that as well. As Matty Boo there says, is that the first bit of feedback from the abyss? It may be, but it's not the last. Because when I put the shout-out, for feedback earlier this week. I said it can be written, it can be audio, it can be video, or even interpretive dance. So now for video viewers only, here's feedback from Sean. What more can you say? Do we even need to continue the podcast at this point? I, th- I think almost like the, the most perfect end point yeah. for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that's it. We, we could, If we didn't have more feedback to come, I think we'd just call it a day. Yeah. But I, I, I'm I'm actually speechless. Yes. The, 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 the beauty, the tree, the fragility of what was on show there. The tree. The fragility. Tree. The fragility. That was on show there. <laughs> the watering can. <laughs> it was just... It's been it's it's been done. Yeah, that's it. 
So interpretive dance will now go off the list of feedback <laughs> options because it can't be surpassed. I mean, Sean, I, I, there's nothing more to say, I'm afraid. Yeah. Unfortunately, super sexy Dave Fisher has oh, to follow that. Now, Dave. Yeah, bloody Dave. Bloody Dave. I bet you he mentioned oh, Sonic God, Adventure. Oh, bloody hard, Dave. Oh, Ninja Turtles, is it, Dave? Crikey. Bring us down, will you, mate? Hey, Ash and Luke. Overall, I think I've cooled on the series since it first aired. It felt like Games Master, which the production team should be commended for because that was no mean feat. But you can definitely see the cracks of the rushed schedule in the final product. We know that every series has been blighted by similar time constraints, but I feel Dominic and co were not only used to it by series four, but seemed to lean into it. They knew the presentation was rough around the edges and they played it up on screen. I didn't get the same vibe from season eight. I wonder how much pressure the name Games Master added to the team and whether it prevented some risks from being taken that would have benefited the show. I'm still mad that Channel 4 shat the bed in terms of supporting the show and how they put it out in such a haphazard fashion. I'm not sure that they knew how to market what they received and therefore they just didn't market it at all. Do you think there was much discussion of who the show was made for between the production team and Channel 4 beforehand? No. <laughs> or do you think Channel 4 lost faith in the product once they saw it? No. No. I, I, yeah, we talked about earlier. I, I don't think they cared. No, it cost little enough that they were just like, yeah, get it out there. Yeah, get out. Despite all of my criticism... We've got that meta money. That's, we, all, yeah. we got, that's all we were interested in. I've got my kids' Christmas presents sorted. They gave us a bunch of headsets. Despite all of my criticisms, I'm happy the show exists. For a fleeting moment, we had Games Master back, which was an amazing feeling. The on-screen team were fantastic and clearly revered the original show. The challenges made sense and generally delivered. I think a second crack of the whip, the team would make a bigger leap forward than the original team did between seasons one and two. If we had six to ten shorter episodes for a season nine, I think we'd see a vastly improved show using this as a solid base. Here's hoping they'll get the chance. And on that bombshell, thank you to you both for producing such a comprehensive review of Games Master, nay, the definitive review. The efforts you have both been through over the past four years are truly appreciated by the UCN. Here's hoping that while Games Master is done, that UCP will live on for many years. I know that we'll be along for the ride with whatever comes next. Sonic Adventure is a great game. <laughs> Your friend, super sexy, Dave Fisher. I love Dave. Yeah. I really do. Like, you love him more than you love Sonic Adventure. Oh, well, that, that's undoubtedly true because it's not a good game. Uh, it crops up in, you know, when I do my, uh, my, my Instagram lives and stuff. He's just a really good dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm genuinely looking forward to, to to seeing Dave again in person, again to hang out some more. So, thank you very much, Dave. But there's um yeah a couple of things in there that sort of really stood out to me. You know, in terms of like you know the channel for marketing and and production and things like that, which we kind of like, you know talked about. They didn't really care, or they cared enough to not care, I suppose. Yeah, uh, a good way to do it. But also that idea of like the the name pressure of Games Master adding onto the team of picking up the mantle of how much that did weigh upon people because we rab highlighted this in our interview with him where he was like man it's a big deal taking up the role of games master until he spoke to his child about it and they said what's games master mm. and he was like oh maybe it's not a big deal in the actually in the end i think there's quite a few people on the production it was a big deal for but i think the higher up the chain you got apart from maybe kian and you know that that kind of the 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 top of the production team, yeah. but once you got above that, they were like, well, I mean, Games Master is important because money. 
Yeah, exactly. They got their MetaQuest money, yeah. and they were they were happy with that. All the money we're pe- we're spending on it, we need to make sure we get that money back. Our next bit of feedback is from another modlin, which is Sarah, aka Pink Lithium. It was a joy to see Games Master back on the screen for its eighth series after a long break. The show was a nostalgic trip, but with a contemporary edge. I like the concise and catchy format, which kept me interested throughout. I also admired the selection of Trevor McDonald's of the new Games Master, which brought his charisma and charm to the role. He was fitting successor to the late Patrick Moore, who hosted the show in the 90s. The jumping technology from the last series of Games Master was amazing, and I love the immersive and interactive atmosphere that the show created. The new series respected the old show while also adjusting to the times. It's very nostalgic and pleasing to see familiar elements of the show, such as the golden joystick and the challenges. The hosts were awesome and amusing, and they did such a great job of engaging with the contestants and the audience. I think they were a better match for the new series than Dominic Diamond, who hosted the original seasons except for the third one. He had an edgy and sarcastic personality, which might have conflicted with the new vibe of the show. I did not miss Dave Perry. He's a sore loser and a bad sport. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the lie? (laughs) I was impressed by the variety and the quality of the games that were featured in the new series, such as Mortal Kombat, Super Mario, FIFA 22, and Speedrunners. These games represented different styles and modes of gaming, and they demonstrated the creativity and skill of the developers and players. They also provided fun and exciting challenges for the contestants and the viewers. The games played on the 8th series of Games Master were a testament to the power and potential of video games as a form of entertainment and art. I want to thank and congratulate the team behind Games Master for bringing back this iconic show for a new generation of gamers. They did a fantastic job of honoring the legacy of the show while also making it relevant and exciting for today's audience. They showed their passion and dedication for gaming, and they made me feel nostalgic and happy. I hope the Games Master will continue for another season, as it's one of the best shows ever made. I want to express my gratitude to Ash and Luke for hosting the Under Consultation podcast, which is a source of entertainment, education, and inspiration for me. I appreciate your efforts to create engaging and informative content about video games, pop culture, and nostalgia. I also want to thank you for the opportunity to be a model in for the Discord community, where I can interact with like-minded fans and share my feedback and opinions. Being part of this loved community has enriched my life and made me feel connected and valued. You're both amazing and talented people, and I hope you both continue to do what you love. A final thank you to my fellow modelins, Cliff and Maddie, who recorded feedback with me and have helped me so much in my confidence, communication, and moderation skills. You're both wonderful friends, and I appreciate your support, advice, and humor. You make moderating fun and rewarding. I'm honored to work with you. I look forward to the next chapter of the Under Consultation podcast. Sarah, a.k.a. Pink Lithium. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? That was lovely. Called out Dave Perry and also warmed <sighs> the heart. Thank you, Sarah. Honestly, that Dave Perry thing really did make me laugh. Oh, God, yeah. I was just like, the first bit made me laugh, and then the second bit, I was like, no, I can't hold this one back. That's great. Genuinely brilliant. Thank you very much, Sarah. And it's been wonderful to have you as part of the team as well. And then to get to meet you in person yeah. earlier this year when we did UCP Live 2.0, you are a genuinely brilliant moderator. And yeah. Wonderful on the audio bits of feedback that you did in, in previous series, and a great and a great goblin as well. Great mob, even though you did drop one of the uh, things. No, it was Cliff. The Cliff drop. I thought I thought uh, Sarah nearly yeeted it at someone. Nearly yeeted it, but Cliff actually dropped it. Oh well, yeah, but that's understandable for Cliff. He's a clumsy moron, my like, but Sarah, I, I, I'm very surprised that she's a capable human being. Speaking of capable human beings, mm. Chrissy Two Sticks is up next. We've already talked about him and brushed his ego earlier in this episode, but now we get to do so again. Hey guys, a bit late, but just wanted to leave my two pence. Bias aside, I did enjoy the reboot. I do like me a magazine style show with enough variety to keep you engaged and covering most bases. 
if there were more if there were segments that didn't quite hit for you you didn't have to wait too long before it moved back onto something more exciting like a challenge the balance of time for each segment slash challenge were about right i feel for the neutral viewer for youtube content i definitely want separate extended videos for all the segments like sam tough and beat saber got on the e4 channel then we could get the in-depth feature we crave for those who are particularly interested of course three episodes was way too short it needed time to breathe to develop and fine-tune and we needed more episodes for it to grow on people, especially the ones whose opinion of the episodes were meh. <laughs> if there is a new series slash re-reboot, when the crowd say both, <laughs> selector. I'd hope they'd give it at least a proper season's run. It's only fair, and of course, I'd love to be involved in any capacity available. One can dream. Love you guys and the whole UCP slash UCN community. Look at Chrissy Two Six trying to get himself involved in yes more Games Master content. I'll win three golden joysticks. I'll I'll, I'll host the show and then have all of the golden joysticks. So <laughs> that bit in the Sims is like, you like golden joysticks? Do you here have all the golden <laughs> joysticks you want? A big shout out to Chrissy because not only a guest, definitely a friend of the podcast, helped us with UCP Live Two despite an insane schedule in his life at the time. And uh, yeah, genuinely great guy. Really fun to be around. Really nice guy. Still drops me messages occasionally. Like even dropped me a message going, we should meet for a pint sometime oh. soon. And he's one of those guys. There, there are people that go, we should go for a pint soon. And you're like, that's never going to happen. With Chrissy, I'm like, yeah, it will. Yeah, he's such a good dude. And I, do you know what? I've only met him in person once. Oh, yeah. Which was at the Games Master Oral History event that you and I did with Dominic. Because I didn't go to the the interview that you did in person with him. Because we I had to literally run and find a neutral space for us to interview him. Yeah, I wasn't there for the rap party, which he was at. And you weren't there when I recorded the bits with him for UCP Live That's 2. That's correct. And then he wasn't at UCP Live 2. I've only met him the once. I see, weirdly, I just thought we'd all met each other. I know. Well, I feel like I've met him more than yeah. that as well. Like it's we. I said this on the episode too. And I, I find it weird to be very proud of Chrissy because like, you know we're friends now but it's uh, we i wasn't friends with him at the time we sort of we've met via this podcast and, and through the show and his appearance in the in series eight we've just been corrected via the chat oh was it used to be one that's right he was yeah. i've met him twice yeah it used to be of course yeah because we had the photos taken with him yeah good correction thank you chance yeah um no wonder i thought i've met him before yeah yeah <laughs> see if something wasn't ringing right in my head but i'm like how luke knows what he's talking about i'll yeah. roll with it um but he I genuinely is such a good dude. And like when he is cropped up in our uh, Twitter mentions or like on Instagram feedback or just like in our Discord and stuff, I'm like, what a good dude. Yeah. What a nice guy. And yeah, I, I look I look forward to seeing him again. I really, really do. Same. We got to be part of the the uh uh oral history signing. Yes. He wanted to recreate the moment that he got the golden joystick from Dominic Diamond in series four. And he needed two people to be the other contestants that were sad about it. And it was me and Ash that were the other two contestants. Yeah. So we did the recreation of him winning the golden joystick in series four on the Donkey Kong Country Challenge. And us just looking really sulky. Exactly. I was like, which one am I? Am I that one? Okay, head down. Hmm. And then I was kind of arms folded and yeah. Awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, our penultimate bit of feedback comes in from Misha, who says just a few little bits. I was at the recording too and had a great time cross promoting with my UCP shirt. Of course, I didn't have to worry about getting all the way across London to get home, so the lateness wasn't an issue. When I said hi ahead of the recording, it was also the first time I'd met Luke IRL, so bonus content for me there. 
yeah we talked about this a little bit during the records but those late i mean i was also fine because i was driving and i was getting a lift from you yeah i drove you to the station that you could get a night shoot back from yeah 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 I mean, it was a little bit spicy for me but i'll be honest as long as i could have got a night bus because of what it was i'd have been like i've got my headphones i'm fine yeah, yeah but it was a few people that were like it's getting a bit dicey for me to be yeah. able to get home at this point it's a tradition we continue with our live <laughs> events uh, Misha continues here said interesting to hear from frankie about why the consultation zone got dropped I recorded a bit as well. It was going to be a follow-up to my previous appearance. At the time, a new cheat for one of the N64 Kirby games had just been discovered. Although Warren Brown stole some of my lines about Games Master looking different. In a truly digital first GM, Consultation Zone could have easily been a web exclusive. That's a good point. Yep. Sir Trevor was a fantastic choice for Games Master. I hope he comes back if and when E4 do more. And here's the thing. Season 8 slash the reboot had a lot more stuff for him to do with the pity observation and mini interviews. And I don't know how well Patrick Moore would have handled it. That said, I'm assuming those VT bits were filmed on the day of recording and GM was added in later when Patrick would. It seems uh, been okay. If I'm wrong, maybe Chrissy was in the chat to create the record. Oh yeah, they would have been recorded on the day. Like when like, you know, when we went down and when recorded we, our bits, exactly. Misha well, did. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they would have just recorded, they would have just said to him, say hello to the Games Master and I'll ask you a question and then you can respond to that question and then we'll have Games Master do a little bit at the end, like bollocks. Yeah. Or be gone. You know, that sort of thing. It's very much not only the way they did it with Games Master previously, but also Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, where the celebrities would be interviewed, admittedly, someone sometimes by a guy dressed as Space Ghost, but it wouldn't necessarily be what Space Ghost would say on the edited program. Some celebrities got very upset about it, and that's why a number of episodes were never released on DVD, because they the celebrities' agents were like, no. Yeah. Uh, but I think even even with it being a web only thing, I think I I think it was the right call not to do it. Apparently, the reason why it was not in there is because there was not enough time with Sir Trev to film yeah. the, like to film all the lines. But I don't think it would have worked. No, the, the shows were packed as they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Misha continues here. Regarding more episodes, Rab and Frankie seem keen to return if asked, but Ty is the enigma. If he didn't come back, can you think of anyone else that can be the hype man? Greater was my first thought, as much as we would might, might love him. I don't know how universal his appeal is. Maybe Simon Miller or Sun Pai. Well, I think Greater's appeal is universal appeal is probably more than Simon Miller is. I'm going to go here with one that isn't genuinely not just ego stroking. Chrissy Two Sticks. Ah, oh, Chrissy's great. Yeah, so Chrissy great. has got a natural charisma on camera. He's relatable. He's affable. He knows his way around games. Genuinely, he could be a great hype man. Uh, Fever was great, yes, as was Cuphead, but Mortal Kombat is my favorite challenge. Notable that so many of the most highly regarded challenges seem to be ones with the most old-school gaming styles. Classic formats are classic for a reason. Maybe we should have got Martin Mathers back to one credit time crisis or House of the Dead, although I don't know how well episode-long challenges would have held up in the format. It would have been interesting bonus content for a truly digital first show. Editor highlights may be initially with the long play dropping later for those who are interested. Luke, apologies if there's nosy, but did you try and get Pete to do the speedruns challenge for UCP Live? Yes. And I think we mentioned that on an episode as well, at least yeah. once, or possibly a previous UCN too, but yeah. The, the plan was he was going to be our champion. Kind of in the same way that Chrissy was our champion for the Donkey Kong Country challenge. Pete was going to be our champion for the speedrunners challenge. And I think he was a maybe until a few weeks beforehand. He just he was busy on the day, so we yeah, couldn't, yeah. couldn't make it. I think in hindsight, it was better because he'd have just decimated. Yeah. It wouldn't have been a fun challenge. If we could have got your crew down and have them do the speedrunners challenge, that would have been a different story. Yeah, yeah. 
Is that the point I was going to make there? But yeah, I think the problem with like a Martin Mather style one episode challenge is that these weren't films to order. Yeah. Like in series six, they were like, here are the episodes that we're going to do. And these are the challenges that are going to be in each episode. With series eight, it was like, we're going to film X amount of challenges and we'll build episodes around that. So you couldn't have done a one credit challenge that would be episode long because that would have required you to film things around it that you knew were going to be in those episodes. Because what you want from those one things is them in the background still playing the game. I've got a way that it would work and you wouldn't have to worry that much about it. Is you know you'd come back from a feature and there'd be a little bit with Rab and then you'd go, let's see what the next challenge is from the Games Master. Those are the bits you use to go and look at the episode long challenges and you don't have them doing the challenge in the studio you have them in a new area yeah, yeah, yeah. you have them in an abyss cage so they shoot it against the green screen but then they're doing the challenge in a cage suspended above the lava or whatever and they can literally just cut across to it like a vt thing but you basically you do it as an insert there is a way to do it. i don't i think it loses some of its magic there though because yeah. the, the magic of like martin doing it is that when you're doing the celebrity challenge you can literally see in the background Martin still playing the game. Uh, lastly, Misha ends up here, says, you guys are amazing and it's been a genuine pleasure to take this Games Master plus Extras journey with you and the rest of the UC and looking forward to what comes next. Thank you. Misha's been, yeah, Misha was an early adopter to the podcast, a day one -er with the podcast. He was a day zero. He approached me at an event that I used to run and hopefully will run again one day and just said, oh, I hear you're doing something with Luke. And I'm just like, it out. this was November. 2019 not even that possibly september yeah and and i very much appreciate all the support that you've given over the years Misha. it really does mean the world to us so thank you very much and thank you for for your you know final bit of feedback but last but by no means least i'd say least oh yeah definitely yeah, 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 least. definitely least. Least. yeah, yeah. we put them at the end for a reason <laughs> yeah people have clicked off the episode by this point <laughs> yeah we're past the two hour mark people have tuned out <laughs> people have gone to sleep we are now only being listened to by pets <laughs> Up last, N64 Life, the amazing Cliff. He doesn't even sound like that, but it still makes me laugh. I'm so confused where the last two years have gone. It feels like yesterday that the unthinkable happened, an emergency breaking news on a possible Games Master reboot. Then the Discord springing to life, fancy booking who'd host the show, if Dom or Patrick Stewart would be the Games Master, and if any of us would like what they'd create. Looking back over the last few weeks, that excitement still lingers within me, the perfect casting of Sir Trevor MacDonald as the Games Master, Rab and Frankie's brilliant co-hosting, Grado being Grado, Ty running around the crowd like a child on Haribo. He was, man. It's that FIFA challenge. I think I said this on the episode, but he stopped being a TV presenter during that challenge and is just a punter with the rest of us. He got into little lad Larry's sugar supply. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah. I could waffle on about every part I loved or what I feel like they could have done differently. And I did, but thankfully for you, I deleted 10 minutes of the stream of consciousness <laughs> I just typed. All I will say is I'm thankful for what they did and hopeful we will see more in the future. Later, the amazing Chuff. Cliff. 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 The amazing Cliff. Also one of our mods. Also the only person to kind of become the triple crown winner of being on a main timeline episode as a guest host, a UCN as a guest host, and a UCP Extra as a guest host. Oh, yeah. Again, someone who's been here from day one. Yeah. And has been a huge supporter of this podcast. And it means the world to me again, Cliff, that uh, how much hard work you've done in promoting this show off your own back. And yeah. And, and the hard work you've done of being a modeling 
and supporting this podcast, man. Like it's been absolutely awesome. Like, bravo to you, sir. Thank also, you very much. And also just, yeah, those times he's had to step in, sometimes they've been really last minute. Late, last minute things where, where one of us has had something that's come up and both you and I have always said, that's the person to rely on. Yeah. Like if, if, if either of us, if, if one of us dropped dead tomorrow, yeah, Cliff would be the person I'd be like, can you step up, mate? Because I, mean, I need you for at least two weeks while I try and figure something out. And he'd be like, absolutely, I'll be there. I'm just finishing going through the pockets of the court. <laughs> so um, I've, run out of, I've run out of notes, Luke. Well, we are at the end of the notes. We're at the end of the Google Doc. And, and well, that's it. That, that's it. That's the end of Series 8. That is the end for now yeah. of Games Master. Uh, I think at this point, we can categorically say we have said everything we've got to say about Series 8 and almost everything we've got to say at this point about Games Master itself. It's weird to really be truly at the end of this journey. Yeah. And it, it didn't really hit me until I, I, I went to the pub earlier with uh, some, some work colleagues. Um, and, you know, my, my one of my colleagues was saying to me, was like, oh, what are you doing this evening? I said, I'm recording uh, UCP. And he said, like, oh, you must be nearing the end of that now. And I was like, yeah, no, literally, this is the penultimate episode. And then it's done. And he's like, wow, like, how long have you been doing that for? Because I mentioned, yeah, how it's like 200 episodes. And he's like, it's like three and a half years. And I said, yeah, January 7th, 2020 was yeah. when we started doing this. Well, October 2019, well, yeah, a, a recording. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I was like, it feels like a lifetime ago, but it's been such an awesome and wonderful and incredible journey to go through all of those episodes, the highs and lows that the yeah. Games Master offered, uh, to do it with you uh, as well and to do it with everyone else. It's genuinely been a, a brilliant, brilliant time in my life. And... It's weird. You, so you and I were texting each other about this the other day. Yeah. Because you sent me across the audio for episode three. Yeah. Of, of series eight. And it's like, it's the last one. And I was downloading it from Dropbox so that I could edit the, the last bits and put the clips in and stuff. And even then it didn't register with me. And when I was up at 5 a.m. on Tuesday to, to finish it so I could get it live out, and I got out of it. It wasn't half past six in the end. It's like quarter to seven. People are being remarkably forgiving <laughs> yeah, because we really slipped the last few weeks. It's yeah. beginning to take its toll. It's beginning to take its toll. But I was up at like 5 a.m. and I was finishing up the edit of, of episode three. And even then, it's didn't, it still didn't feel real Yeah, that this is it. I think I've kind of managed to crystallize a little bit of what my feelings were like at that point when I sent that audio over. Because while we are saying this is the final episode, we're not just stopping, stopping. We've already said there is something to come come after this. And you'll find out very soon what we're going to do. But we've known exactly what we were doing for the past, getting on for four years. Because we're only a month or so away from when we started recording. And we knew that next week we'd be doing episode nine, or we'd be doing episode 10, or we've done the end of the season. So it's the wrap-up episode. Then we're going to do something a bit different. Let's do Bad Influence, you know, to yeah, go over that Starcade. early time. Yeah, Starcade. But we always knew that we had that constant stream. And while it was briefly disrupted by this series, where there was some real treading water trying to work around when we were going to, you know, when we were going to start a new season and how much gap we were going to leave. But while I'm really excited for what comes next, I am also terrified because it's going to be new mm -hmm. and it's going to be different. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I got quite emotional sending that audio over. Because 
it's it's the end of it's not the end of a chapter it's the end of a volume yeah i think that's a nice way to put it actually because i think when you and i started this show maybe we talked about this on on the, the series seven wrap up as well but when you and i started this show i don't think either of us ever envisioned this is where we would end up i think you and i probably envisioned that it would just be you and i recording these shows and then we would end with series seven and then that is it yeah what we had not anticipated was a community an actual well the ucn i i never thought we would end up with this awesome group of people same that you know when we come we're like yeah next week is the final episode and what they're doing is being like i mean that's great that it's the final episode but what are you doing the following week yeah and like i i had not anticipated that and I, and it still hasn't quite sunk into me yet that there are people who's like yeah cool but what are you doing next right yeah. <laughs> like, you know. but the answer to that question of what comes next will have to wait just a little bit just longer a little bit longer. because while this is the end of the volume there's still the appendix and the appendix will be episode 200 as we do something that me and luke love to do we're going to use a spreadsheet oh yeah and we are going to go down our top 10 episodes of games master ever by fact by fact by uh, median ra ratings on a percentage scale of every episode we've done so if you gave an episode 93 and i gave it 85 it will be ranked based on the median of those two scores. We're using cell formulas for this. That we have given percentage scores for every single episode, bar one, for obvious reasons, of Games Master. We have given a percentage score, and we will now find out next week what the best episodes are. And I genuinely don't know, because we haven't done all the formulas yet. No. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know what the top 10 is going to look like. And I'm so excited to look at that top 10 and be like, Shit, yes, that episode. Oh, I'm so excited that episode. There may be some ties. Yes. Because as Cliff has just pointed out, so many DeLoreans. Oh, yeah. There were. And there were a lot of episodes where we were both DeLoreans. But I actually think there were enough episodes that rank above a DeLorean that we should still have a relatively good top 10. There should be enough of us to be able to figure this out so it's a nice, concise top 10-ish. Something I'm we also interested to see, and I imagine we will touch upon, is what are our bottom five? Yeah, right? Yeah. Because you and I, we never went very low on scores. I think there might have been some in Series 1. I mean, like we, we never went as low as Math did when we had Matthew on for the, the, the Hacksaw Jim Doug one. He gave the episode like 54%. We never went down that low. Math was working here. <laughs> but we are genuinely very, very excited uh, for, for the next week's episode, which will be the final episode of, of UCP in, in its current guise, in its current format on this RSS feed. And yeah, we, we look forward to, to chatting with you then for, for that show, and which will have like a bit of a an extra addendum of what is next. Yeah. So if you are a Patreon, you will be able to tune in and watch that episode live, fingers crossed, much as you did with this episode. Details will be going up on Patreon. And if you're not a Patreon, then it will just drop in your feed next week uh, with hopefully a video on YouTube at the same time. Yeah. 
exactly. So yeah, look, look forward out. Uh, sorry, look, look forward to that. I mean, you can look forward to that if you want. I'm looking forward to it. Look out for that. Yes. Um, just lastly, on a, on, a, on a personal note, just because we are doing this uh, this live uh, for our, our Patreon backers now and our wonderful UCN. Um, kind of like at the end of of series seven, uh, it's been a bit of a, a short time for me at the moment. Yeah. And I just wanted to thank you all. Uh, for your uh, wonderful support uh, through this. There was actually a, a chance that we weren't going to be able to do this episode today. Yeah. We weren't sure if we were going to do this live because of uh, circumstances that I have no control over. But uh, I'm glad that we got to. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to spend it with you. Yep. And I'm glad I got to spend it with, with every single one of you listening to this. So thank you very much for that. It's just, not, just on a personal note. Yeah. And, and same. Not to the same degree of you, but... It's been a bit of a rough time for me recently and coming together, doing these episodes, chatting with the UCN, particularly those of you that turn up for the Twitch streams, those Thursday night Twitch streams, now my internet is working, <laughs> have become a real absolute source of joy for me. I bloody love the people that turn up for the weird stuff I play, the train games, <laughs> Street Fighter occasionally, the the crazy mad professor fantasy booking I'm doing on 2K23. That's so joyous. I have Mr. Blobby fighting Eggman. Uh, the the Dr. Dr. Robotnik, please. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Robotnik doing uh, the, the New Day dance. The sexy dance with the trombone. It's absolutely delightful. And yeah, so thank you for all that and so much more. Mm -hmm. But Luke, 199 down. One more to go. We'll see you next week. And on that bombshell. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.